0: Rumors spreadin' round In that Texas town About to shack outside the game And you know what I'm talking about Just let me know if you wanna go To that whole mile on the range They got a lot of nice girls, (laughs) out. (laughs) we <laughs>
1: we are back for another week of svs fly fishing Podcasting. what is going on my good friends this evening oh i love the way that sounds you know what else sounds really good this song in stereo you know listening to it through an iphone speaker doesn't do the song justice a good set of headphones on man i dig it Mm -hmm. so uh hey we got a couple of guests coming on this evening um Pogo and Steven Weisner, man. I cannot wait. Those two dudes are so entertaining. So much fun to talk to. Uh, it's going to be a great evening. But um hey, we're going to go take a break real quick like um and come on back with Pogo to do the plugs. All right, man. Hey, tonight's show being brought to us by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at predatorflygear.com.
2: Hey Rex Hooks, Freshwater saltwater, find them at erichooks.com. Sims Fishing, simsfishing.com. Yeti. Check them out. Hey,
1: tonight's show is being recorded live at the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at
3: urbanflycompany.com. Check out Why Not Fishing. you are at the dock.
4: And our good and buddy, PogoPike.com.
0: Heck yeah. And also Queen City Guiding. Check them guys out.
1: <laughs> yeah, we forgot. Ryan.
0: QCG, Queen <laughs> But Pogo, what's up, man? How's everything going?
4: Good, pal. Happy uh, Valentine's Day to you boys. We're all doing what boys do is probably not pay attention to our significant other enough <laughs> <laughs> because, because of fishing, but all is well here. Absolutely. Did you get to go out fishing on Valentine's Day? I did not. We are uh, in the frozen tundra here in northern Connecticut. Even the river is frozen.
1: Ooh. Yeah, it's it's cold here, too. Uh, I sat on a couch with my wife all day. We Nice, yeah. We, we ate chips and got fat.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same here, same here. I wish I ice fished, you know, but I don't, unfortunately.
1: We got some stories about that for later on this uh, this evening, but uh, Jason, and I did some ice fishing uh just yesterday.
4: Yeah, did you guys eat some of it?
1: We ate a lot of it. Beautiful. <laughs> it was it was a good time, man, and the fish came out really good. Um, uh, my my mom and stepdad have like a industrial deep fryer, so uh, we did a lot of
3: deep frying.
5: Beautiful. I can feel my Fright. heart. Your eyelids Fright. were all sticky afterwards.
3: We tried
0: a lot of things the last couple of nights with that. The, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> yeah, we
3: did. Oh. Listen. Put the back of the woven pipe on fire.
0: Oh, yeah. Shit was going on. But but I just came to like open the door, and the door handle was slippery, bro. People, <laughs> people were eating fish <laughs> and not giving a damn about wiping it off their hands.
1: Yeah. That's probably me. I'm a greasy bastard.
0: You so, look like it.
1: So we are uh, introducing a new second sunday of the month um little skit we're gonna do every every month once a month we're gonna have pogo come on and do deep thoughts with pogo (laughs) we uh we we have a a list of pre-engineered questions we're just gonna let our boy pogo expand on them some of them are gonna be fishing related some of them are not but uh we'll see how it goes and uh hey give us feedback at pogo what's your email
4: Uh, Pogo Pike at gmail.com.
1: There you go. Any, any, uh, feedback you have good or bad, (laughs) send it to Pogo Pike at gmail.com.
4: Or suggestions (laughs) and suggestions for topics. (laughs) I would love to hear some of uh, your audience's suggestions on what deep thoughts we should cover.
1: (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) Um, Hey, also send them to SVS fishing at (laughs) gmail.com because I want to hear them as well.
4: Send them there, please. Send them there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's let's get
1: this thing rolling. Um, Pogo, what yep. are your thoughts on thoughts and uh, techniques on pooping in the great outdoors?
4: So it's so funny that that's your leading question because I I have a philosophy about this. The number one is don't step in it. I've done that once. <laughs> you can't step in <laughs> it.
1: While you're it's- like boat fishing. Like you had to get back no, in your boat. like
4: on the side of the river in the woods. Okay. Um, or side of a lake in the woods. Uh, number one, if you don't step in it, no matter what technique you use, you're successful. Uh, and put the other leg pant leg on and then get back to business because i did make a mistake once where i didn't do that and i was too close and i lost my balance and i stepped right in it so i basically <laughs> guided all day with no with no right sock on
1: <laughs> i thought you're gonna say you lost your balance and fell into it <laughs> which would have been way bad
4: yeah. But, yeah, you have to kind of develop your own technique. And I think that, you know, it's just as long as you don't step in it,
0: you're successful. That took stepping in shit to a whole nother level to me. <laughs> it could be lucky for the day, too, actually. As long as yeah. I, I'm saying it was yours, I guess. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I had a poop story that I might tell after the second guest this evening. That's why I figured we'd start that one off or <laughs> start <laughs> off with
4: that one. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have some good. Good story.
1: I I have one from this oh. week actually, but it, it was at work, so I'm not. Uh, a, I end up losing a flashlight because I I had a sudden urge to poop.
6: <laughs>
1: and when I say a flashlight, I'm talking like a $120 flashlight, like a good rechargeable stream light. Oh. But luckily, the truck driver gave it
4: back to me. Oh, <laughs> um, honesty is a good thing. Karma always comes back to you. Yes.
1: Yeah. So hopefully that guy doesn't shit his pants like I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pogo, let's move on to segment two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said you're drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee at the moment. Yeah. What do you prefer, gas station coffee or the frou frou frilly uh, Blender's Choice coffee from the local coffee shop?
4: Okay. So, this is another question that I, I you guess, Kate, um, I am a coffee nut. Um, something special about gas station coffee You know, just when I say special, I don't mean necessarily the taste sometimes, but just the, just that, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're getting that local like kind of gas station flavor on your way to fishing where sometimes it could bring you good luck. I do have, I'm I'm superstitious and sometimes gas station coffee has changed my day um, because it was convenient. It was there. It got me jacked up and uh, you know, the fishing that day was successful, but uh, you know, Mm. Pogo and coffee um, is a superstitious thing. So I'm not a big Starbucks fan, so to speak, but they make Pike Place. Have you guys ever heard of Pike Place I, I coffee? I had it
3: today and almost every weekend. Love that
4: one. Yeah. So I uh, I think it's because of the name, Pike, but it's, it's also one of my favorite beans. So, um, you know, I, I'll buy like a huge bag of, uh, you know, uh, roasted beans and I just grind my own. Pike place I just started doing this maybe like three months ago um I grind my own Pike place every Sunday night for the week and I put it in a big Tupperware thing and I and I you know so I use fresh try to use as fresh grounds as possible for the week but again another superstitious coffee no but i'm you know what i might have because when i go as you guys know when i go through um see you probably PA. have
3: went through a few what's of that? them on I was say that's i was thinking on your way to wisconsin you probably had to have hit a couple of them on the way through there i must have
4: what's it called again
3: sheets it's the red big red ones. oh
4: sheets oh that's one of my favorites
3: yeah they, they got good coffee absolutely yeah, that's i probably li-
4: drink at least 15 of those in two and a half days driving out to wisconsin <laughs> i love sheets coffee yeah we got them like every five minutes from us that's what I was thinking about when you guys were asking me or proposed a question about gas station coffee and driving to Wisconsin every year. I literally thought of that, those red hard cups and how much I love them.
3: Well, now they have individual ones, so it's all like digital, and it's just you put it under, and it brews per cup now. Ooh. And then like okay. I, depending on each store, some of them have the the same like fill-up ones. They'll start like at noon or two, but they're all single oh. cup
4: now. It is good. Oh, perfect. It's
3: very good, yeah.
4: Do you guys have any life hacks on coffee? Because I'm sure between the all you guys, you must have some good coffee tips for everybody. I do. For, for everybody.
0: Make your own at home.
4: So, so do you prefer French press, drip, um, uh, arrow? Like, is there any technique you like better than Lots of creamer, <laughs> <laughs>
0: sugar, a little bit of coffee. I do. Nah,
3: I, I, I do what you do, except I just set it the night before, and I'll grind either. Usually, it's Death Wish or punch.
0: And have the thermos ready in the morning. But oh, I if don't.
3: We can have our way. French press is Listen, the if, best. if if I oh, gotta yeah.
0: buy it, it doesn't matter where. But. Uh, we have Fold a Circle yours. K. We have a Circle K oh, here. Yeah, circle it, and, and it's not bad coffee, especially yeah. you go in the morning. It's, it's busy enough that it's always fresh. And like you said, yeah. they do the single serve mm-hmm. now. You can yeah. put your cup under it, digital, boom, boom. And it's uh, pretty cool. Not here, bad.
3: Here's something for you to try if you haven't yet, Pogo. My wife for Christmas got me this single individual French press. And it's got like the screen and the gasket in the uh, grinder that I got. You go to like the far setting on it so it chips it. With this, and it pushes it down through into that gasket, so whenever the top of it gets, it recedes down and locks into place so that there's nothing in the way. Everything's pushed to the bottom, and nothing comes up through. It works extremely well. Beautiful. It is very, very nice little investment.
4: Yeah, yeah. Kate Kate bought me a pretty expensive uh, drip coffee machine um, for Christmas this year, and it has, like, this... Again, we're getting down the rabbit hole. This is a great coffee conversation. Though it has a gold-plated filter that takes the bitterness out, hmm. and because uh, she knows I've been on Did a quest for a perfect cup of coffee at home, which I still haven't. I don't think I've achieved yet um, because of having like hmm. Pike Place at Starbucks or Dunkin' Donut coffee, um, and but th- this it, it's a preset. Like Jay was saying, we preset it the night before. And, uh, you know, you, you hear it go off at six o'clock in the morning and then down the hallway, you could smash you could smell freshly brewed coffee. It's actually kind of uh, a little bit romantic. <laughs> I mean, it's Valentine's Day. I use the word romantic. But it, the, the filter, this gold plated filter concept, it, it, it ha- I, I've noticed a huge difference. It kind of takes that bitterness out. and it's, it's 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 so far it's been a game changer.
3: So I'm sure you've done like the glass with a mesh
4: drip. Oh, dude, I've done it all. Yeah. It, it, I bought coffee is... makers from like the 50s on eBay <laughs> where they're like these percolator glass coffee makers. I've tried it all.
3: How does this compare to them?
4: Um, I would say, you know, I would say it's about, you know, where some of them have been like three out of five stars or four out of five stars. I would give this like 4.5 because I, I just I still don't think I made the perfect cup at home yet. So I'll, I'll be a little conservative and say it's about a 4.5.
3: But legitimately sounds like that makes the best cup of coffee right there, huh?
4: It's so far at at, at home. So far at home it's been it's been the best.
3: Have you ever watched the show Breaking
1: Bad? Love it. So do do you remember the, the one guy that cooks the meth that also has the coffee <laughs> habit? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying you remind me of him, Pogo, but <laughs> well, instead of instead of cooking
4: meth, I I fish, right? We exactly. Fish, so yeah. yeah, we're fishing with a coffee habit. That's not bad, actually. Not at all. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's great. So hey, on to question three. Okay. Okay. Uh, you fish from a boat very frequently. Yeah. Do you wear waders all year, or do you uh, shorts and flip flops, dude? When you shorts can? and
4: flip. Yeah, shorts and flip flops when um, when able, and when not able, I try to wear waders as least as possible um, for a few reasons. One is, you know, I've got the Gore-Tex Sims bibs and the jack, the Gore-Tex jacket for rainy days and all that fun stuff. But I, I really try not to wear weight I try not to wear waders at, at all if I could, um, and that. kind of comes full circle full circle here I, I i try to wear waders as least as possible um and obviously being in a boat 95 percent of the time uh you know it's it's makes that conducive
1: okay and but, when you do have to wear waders, this is part b of the question oh yes are you a gold bond naturally or a gold bond original or medicated So
4: yeah, (laughs) the green bottle or yellow bottle. It's funny you say this because this is another rabbit hole life hack. We've all gone down in our lives. Right. So I used to use a gold bond medicated. And then I started reading about what that possibly could do to your skin. And I got a little weirded out. This is about 10 years ago. But it's not
1: not a very important part of your body.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) when you get into your you know, when I get to my fifties, I don't want to start losing body parts. So, um, I bought this, this, I found this online somewhere. Uh, it's called primal uh, popo powder. It's an herbal powder, natural powder um, that I bought. And I, I, once I bought the first bottle, it worked phenomenal and it's all natural. So I think I'm on like a monthly subscription where they send me one. No, I'm kidding, but <laughs> I, I, I probably buy like two or three bottles a year. Um, because as any fisherman knows that, that, that's the other thing with waders. If you start getting itchy, you know, it, it gets real weird. <laughs>
2: Oh, man. So yeah, you can't have the it, itchy, scratchy show in your waiters. That's no, not a good
4: thing. No, no, no. Because how do you reach in there? And then when you've got friends or clients in the boat, that just gets real weird.
1: Yeah, and then you want to shake your hand at the end of the day and you've been scratching your nuts. <laughs>
6: you know?
4: Yeah, yeah. And, and as you guys know, you have to be proactive with that, right? You can't just put it on when you need it. You kind of need to put it on. When the uh, moisture and, the, and 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 the uh, climate is going to be uh, kind of favoring, you know, itchy scratchy days, so you got to be a little proactive. That's the life hack that I've learned.
1: And I try not to ever have it on at home in case uh, Valentine's Day occurs. You
4: know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh This is more. This is more deep thoughts by SBS and Pogo. This is a good collaboration. I think, it is.
1: Uh, we make a yeah. hell of a team.
4: Yeah yeah this is good this is good i can't wait for future episodes because i've got some ideas of topics we could discuss and um i think hearing from your audience around ideas for deep thoughts um that's it's going to make for one heck of a topic
1: absolutely and like i said if anyone has any ideas for deep thoughts pogopike at gmail.com <laughs>
4: <laughs> that you know what we should do we should, when this when they start rolling in i think we might have this segment where i just you know like just start reading random questions by them all but there's sure there's gonna be some funny ones
1: yeah man uh, our guests are the best or our listeners are the best listeners i think in any podcast
4: history they're
1: yeah they're funny they give a lot of feedback and uh i think they're going to gravitate toward this uh segment
4: absolutely absolutely it's such a great idea thank you guys so much for having me and um i, I can't wait oh, i can't wait for future future episodes on this topic it's gonna to be a lot of fun
1: i know i'm, I'm pumped um speaking of that next month is going to be March we'll have you on uh, the second Sunday in March do you have any, do you have any fishing plans between now and then
4: yeah so what, what 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 day in March is that what would this second I'm just kind of uh, so we're looking at the 13th um, yeah I do so uh, I've got some clients that were just waiting for the weather to turn that are ready to go out on a last minute Um a last minute venture uh so you know if, if we get uh, if we get a little break in the weather here in three weeks from now which would take us to the beginning of march um i'm going to we're, we're uh, myself and a handful of clients are going to try to get out and hit it hard um because what we notice with that this you know the thaw breaks and the ice breaks and that water temperature starts to warm up a bit um those pre-spawn those pre- pre-spawn females start to really move around before they get into that spawn mode so we're kind of looking forward to that
1: So is that normally the beginning of your season, about March-ish?
4: Yeah, usually it's like the – it depends on the year, right? This year we're having a little bit colder of a winter than we did last year. Actually, a lot colder of a winter than we did last year. So it all just depends when this weather turns for the better, um, so to speak. Yeah, so usually like the beginning to the middle of March, the earliest, the beginning of March, um, the latest, like the end of March – or like the third week of March is when that when that water just kinda of turns for the better, the daylight hours get a little bit longer and, and shit starts to happen.
1: Heck yeah, yeah. man. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I can't wait for you to start posting pictures and having <laughs> stories to tell about clients pooping off the side of your boat. And, you
4: know. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to. We have to get together this year, guys. I'm, I'll come see you, or you come see me. However, we need to do it now that COVID is coming down and we're getting a vaccine and all this fun stuff. We, I know I keep on mentioning this on every time I'm on your show, but we really do have to get together this year.
1: We do. Uh, yeah. Let's make plans. Like, let's lock okay. them in, and then that way we can't. We, as in we on this side of the telephone waves, can't back out.
4: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to listen to your show tonight when you guys post it live. I'm, I'm excited to hear your guest tonight. So um, enjoy the rest of the show, and I'll be listening as soon as you guys post it tonight.
1: righty, Hey, thanks a lot, man. Hey, check Pogo Pike out at his website, pogopike.com, correct?
4: Yeah, that's it, pogopike.com or Instagram, pogo underscore pike. Um, We'd love to hear from you guys. And, and thanks again, guys. Have a great show, and I'll talk to you very soon.
3: Thanks, Bogo. Take See
4: care. You, man. All right, boys. Talk to you
1: soon. Bye bye. Later. Hey man, that was fun. God, I can't I, I, I can't get enough of that dude. Um, so do we want to go take a little bit of a break before we give Steven a call? Or we got stuff to talk about? What do we want to do?
2: I, I shouldn't drink
0: that. Yeah, we could do that. There's always there time for you. a break, man. That's why we're late. For everything. (laughs) I am anyway, so.
2: How long we got until we got to call safe?
0: 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. We could take a quick break and. uh,
2: 25? We got to talk some. Yeah, we got got to talk something. Fill this this in? Yeah. Yeah. About 15 minutes, and then we'll give ourselves about 10 minutes that we got to call him.
1: Okay. So our boy Ryan Evans came into town yesterday morning. Oh, shoot. He said he woke Mm -hmm. up at 3.30 in the morning to drive from New York to come down to go ice fishing with us. Man, it was worth it.
0: That That's how much he loves it. So, did you tell him where we were going, where to meet? Yeah, I sent him a little <laughs> screenshot, you know, where we're going address-wise. Did, so. did you tell him what time to meet? Oh, no, he was, he was just making it there early. Chad just took it upon himself to be like, hell, we're going ice fishing tomorrow. I guess when you don't do it a lot, you might as well be an hour early. <laughs> You might as well sit in the parking lot and wait, I guess. I mean, Like I said, I'm, I'm a rookie to this game. I had no idea what time, like, if we want to get there before the sun. Yeah, I'm yeah, about a, I'm about a 7-ish guy, but like I said, I'm always late. So six thirty seven. Jace
1: pulled in right as the sun was rising, which is perfect time. I had no idea what time to be there. I got there at 6.
0: But you did say there was a lot of people the, there already. There
1: were a lot of people there already. So I decided to shut my truck off and... Taking an hour nap. And it was cold. But we have a truck driver living in a truck in our shop, like in the back parking lot of the shop. And his company yells at him for idling the truck too much. So he just sits in the truck while it's just freezing cold. (laughs) They're not insulated. I don't. And I, I was cold sleeping in the truck for an hour. I don't know how that guy lives in his truck
0: got your little nap in before we got there froze to death before I took him out on the lake and he froze to death and he was like this when we were kids too man this guy's nose gets to dripping and that's what the hell he does I mean (laughs) I used to be like that's what old men do and now it happens to me but they'd have a chat his whole life (laughs) so I I caught my first white bass and Jace was like here I got you a rag man your nose is fucking dripping again (laughs) They were my emergency <laughs> shit rags, so you're lucky enough to get one. So I wipe my nose. You earned Wipe it. that
1: shit off your face. I wiped my nose with it, and then I went to put it in my, my jacket pocket. I had another one in there because I, <laughs> I, I know me.
6: <laughs>
0: but, no, we so we get out there 7 right there. We, we had just got – I had to grab a little bit of bait, so bait shop opened, and we, we were there just right after 7. So 7.30, we're probably fishing. Uh, Ryan shows up shortly after. He's walking on the ice like, where you at? And I'm, I'm just, you see that guy over there moving all erratic? That's me. Come on over here. So he gets over there, and uh, we had already poked a few fish, huh? We caught, we caught a few bass, I think. I didn't catch
1: and, one until after Ryan caught one.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah. Now, it took you a little, you a little crash course. It took you a little crash course. I was able to catch one, and we're fishing deep, deep. Did
2: you lose a few before you caught one?
0: No, I was missing hook sets.
2: Oh, uh, okay. It was probably just not, not in <clears throat> sync with setting? the timing. You can't strip set a, a, nice, a nice reel. I don't strip set anything, okay. man. Okay. <laughs>
0: I showed him... Listen, I showed him how to set the freaking hook out there. I mean, there's no doubt about that, because I was swinging and missing only because hook sets are free, and, and they hit... ...tronic's sl- great, and sometimes you see them bite there and are able to hook them because... The bite that they might give you, they might give you, could be so fast that if you're waiting for it, you've already missed it. It's over. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's times I don't even set the hook because I know I burnt. I'm burnt. You know? I'm like, shit, that was quick. So, a lot of fish hitting light, but we're fishing what, 28 feet? We're fishing fairly deep, almost as deep as that lake gets. So, I'm um, I was able to catch a fish without electronics. That's. What? It's a little bit of skill. I mean, going back to the old days, I'd do what I used to do. So there's uh, it's tough when they bite light and you don't know they're there, dude, or to know where you where you need to have it. So it was sweet. Gave this guy the little crash course and then like I said, Ryan got out there and we got set up and drilled my ass off, didn't I? Yeah, that
1: that's one thing I was going to say about yesterday. I think in Jace's mind, he looks around and says, "Well, this ice is too secure. Let's drill some fucking holes.
6: Hey. Just go to town, man.
2: <laughs> we gotta
0: let the air out of it. This
6: is too secure. We
2: gotta let the air out of it. If we make this look like Swiss cheese, somebody well, might die.
0: It's like, it's like, uh, checkers when you were a kid, man. Every little s- s- grid in, you know, if I can grid this area out in a sense of, I'm covering these adequately covering, you know, a general area. If I'm going to work it over, I'm going to, have to swath you know cover that big swath of land and it's it's not easy you got to drill and tap these fish sometimes did he make you drill a lot chad i didn't drill a single hole yesterday
2: oh that's nice
0: oh yeah nah <laughs> no i don't i won't no nah, some days when it gets thick it's tough did that's ryan, a lot
2: of work did ryan drill any holes i think
0: he drilled two he drilled a couple because of his fish finder needing a little wider hole
2: do you do you uh do you have a uh a power auger right
0: I don't use that no. shit anymore, dude. In fact, I might beat any power auger on the lake. I swear to God.
2: I saw somebody with a drill attached to it.
0: Oh no, that's sweet. That's <laughs> the way that's the way to go. That that's yeah. the, the new way to go. It's light and you could depend on having a couple batteries with you. Uh I bought the power auger to go on Erie when it was twenty inches thick now. Yeah. Hell yeah. And and it's a little bit bigger diameter than my hand auger, so but I have a perfect hand auger that's six inch and it dude it's just that's the that's the size hole you could really cut you know and you're not you're not forcing your way it's just cutting it, it's like a it's like an actual drill dude I get through eight inches seven eight inches of ice like the ten twelve turns, and I burn right through it i mean dude it, it, it's there's an art to drilling holes I'll tell you that it takes your your uh, core and your positioning, yeah, you just got to have skill, I guess. I mean, I see a lot of guys struggle. you have to have struggle. proper form? Yeah, that's indeed it. I mean, just like casting, you want to work harder or not? You know, do you want to wanna get this over quicker, you know and I mean? Finishing, see, I can drill that many holes because I'm doing it with, you know, the best, I guess, the least resistance on the body, so... I just see guys struggle out there. And, and when I was young, some dude told me that. We had a shitty auger. He was like, better eat your noodles. Uh, fuck that. I eat my noodles now. Get get some, baby. <laughs> it's noodles of noodles. Yeah, if you don't get your wax up. <laughs> but you uh, <clears throat> toward the end of the day, you started doing something pretty cool with a, a pretty big lure. Oh, I like fishing that lure, especially when, uh, I don't know, I just think. It, it's what, a lure it? that attracts all fish, it, and there was no doubt about it. Big, small, maybe it's curiosity. What lure? It, it is a repella Rip and Wrap. A it kind of it's like a lipless crank that. It looks that, like a rattle trap. Yeah, it's so thin that it it vibrates on a vertical presentation, and when you rip it, we're sitting at twenty five plus feet. And you can hear this thing above the ice. People outside, guys outside of the hut, they're like, I can hear that shit out here. I'm like, dude, it's nuts. Fish come over there and try to bite it with no bait on it or nothing. I'm like, it's a perfect shad replica, about two and a half inches, maybe two and a quarter. And it gets the fish going. You caught a white bass, it was maybe five inches long yeah. on it oh yeah twice the size about i've got little white bass big white bass uh i've caught lake erie jumbo perch on this lure small walleye big walleye i, just, I might even caught bluegill. I it it's it's weird man this lure is a very attracting but it almost seems like don't you think that would scare fish am i scaring fish too you know what i'm saying it's we can hear Did the you shit you catch a walleye I fished this lure open water, too. I fished this lower open water. <laughs> it's cool. You walleye, water. right? Oh, yeah, buddy. You seen a walleye. I mean, we fished for white bass, apparently, because that's all we were catching. No crappie mixed in. I drilled my ass off and covered this big area where we picked, you know, suspended fish out in that deep water. Some were crappie. Some were perch. And they just weren't around. So, all we caught was white bass. Ryan. Three perch. Yeah, we caught some perch. We caught probably 10 perch. I don't know. We caught a bunch of perch. But uh, Ryan... Ended up losing a, Mr. Whisker. Yeah, but as soon as he got out there, he poked a nice white bass. he would tell that made his day. But when we continue to do that here and there. We were getting little flurries of fish, so it was cool. Had the hut set up, cooked well, some uh, sausage. What was catching all the white bass. Everything, dude. Just the Vexilar. His... <laughs> the no, Vexilar I, I is always I a mean, gadget the... of...
2: Just like was it?
0: Oh, we threw tungsten. Little... We threw tungsten. You caught fish on a plastic and tungsten, right? We yeah. caught fish on everything that rattles. Every wrap. presentation yeah. r- rattles. uh little jigs, it didn't matter what you put down here, it mattered what you're doing when the fish show up. Simply that, right? You you attract them in, and and if you make the wrong movements, they tell you they run the hell away, or, or don't bite, or rush it, and just pause, like, to be in, I don't know, be in tune with that fish finder. Chad, as he worked through the day. It became a little easier, right? And yeah, it was hard at first.
1: God, I was having a hard time in video real, game.
0: Well, you were real oh. jer- you were real jerky and your movements were way too big. Way you know, you have to be very subtle.
1: I was like, Chase, there's fish here. I, I see them. They're I the grabbed screen. the rod I off of them, them and yelled Come here one and catch one, one of these minutes. goddamn bastards. Just show me how it works. You show me how to catch
0: one. And, well that was thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. All right. oh. It, it's simply to read that fish's imagine. Imagine everything being sight fishing from a drone. It's seeing, it's, you're seeing it. You're seeing your your uh, reactions in real time to what you've done versus what it made the fish do. You know, so the fish's reaction is key to read. And once you get that that little bit of intel and you know how to work them for that given day or that given body of water, it's deadly.
2: It's freaking yeah. deadly. I like I like reading Vexlar. I'm, I like messing with that. Just you could watch your lure go up and down, and watch watch the fish moving up and up, up after it, and see how see how if you can get it so far up, and see uh, how far you can get the fish to follow it up before it goes back down. You
1: know, one mess with them. One part that was hard, it, Jason. and I stu- sat in a shanty for a little bit, and we were fishing holes right beside each other, but you could see both
0: lures on the Vexilar. Uh, I was using his uh, – he had the he had it, you know, the transducer in his hole, but it, as deep as we were, we're covering that ground, and I could see mine, and I'm I'm fine with reading it in a – mine was a little bit lesser, showing up as a lesser mark on there and flickering in and out, but I knew the height position, and that's important. So when the fish would come, and I'm looking at Chad, and I'm like, oh, he's looking at mine, and I'd just stroke one off his screen like, there's fish down there. <laughs> I've done that before, but it, it's – I mean, it's fair. You know, everybody's looking at it. You your jig's right under it. I mean, you you got to coax that fish when he comes in, and and once you get his attention, keep it. It's just how it's the game is played. Like I'm sure fish might have looked at your jig and came over and hit mine, and vice versa. So, yeah,
1: you stole my fish.
2: Uh, <laughs> I was stealing them all. Yeah, it, as long as, as long my as uncle as was as my as uncle was them. out
0: there and he was catching them. I'm sure he had his fun last week with white bass. So. But he loves fishing. He he loves ice fishing too. So we got out there early and had had a blast. But he walked off the ice and I took his his spot. Now now everybody's got their fish finder. You know we're we have one one more guy than fish finders. But now we're all now we're all looking and seeing what's down there. And we just had the shack set up on what we thought was the primest location that we hit on. Just chilled. Cooked some sausage. Enjoyed good shit. Ate some uh oh we ate sheep's head some sheep head in there with the pepper and onions and the sausage threw it on the red copper right on there quick and easy and uh i enjoyed it i even enjoyed some today <laughs> had leftover ice fishing food i ate today but after that man i don't know i was getting ready to go i was ready to call it like i ah, wish you get out of here and go somewhere else and a couple of fish were biting still hitting them bass and Marking fish, and that's what it's about having having the the chance at' them. if you're not marking fish, it gets hard to stay, you know
2: so so t- I felt a thump, I felt a thump <laughs> shut up Jace.
0: you were your ass was supposed to be there you're hey, hell, I thought you were coming to, I thought it was unspoken that you were coming from like a week ago, but you'll make it next time right so, Sure. yeah, so anyway, so, I had to go help some family of all people to yoke the big one. it's me, imagine that uh, uh, look at me uh, yeah, fucking guys. That could be you, dude. Yeah, you see that it. picture? Anyway, so I felt a thump, and I gave it a heavy hook set, and I definitely knew it was something different. I'm like, oh, this is big. And I had just cried that, you know, three minutes ago in a big white bass, so they're in the shack, like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> so they come out. I get this thing up to the hole, and, it, dude, it's giving me a hell of a time at the hole, a six-inch hole with just this huge head, and I can't get it in there. I'm like, oh shit, Ryan standing there, he's, you know, kneeled down, ready to grab this thing, and I just, I mean, he's seven inches, you know, you got that thick of ice, and I'm trying to work my line in there, not get broke off. I'm like, I don't want to lose this lure. Or that's the giant fish, because I'm like, it's something different. They're like, that's a white bass. I'm like, no. Because all we could see was the front of its face, because that's how big it was when it would come to the hole. It like, just see the front of its face, and it was a giant gravel lizard, dude. I'm talking. He had his he had his gills flared, and if he would have did that in the hole, he would have caught himself, stuck himself out, because his head was five inches across. What yeah,
3: if that fish would have been four inches bigger, he wouldn't come in that hole. Oh,
0: there's dude. no way he was gonna. Oh, uh, he. Hole. I would have had my hands on his eyes. You know what I'm <laughs> Just, the, the pike hold. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would flayed his ass to get him out of there. We'd have drilled another hole. I ain't playing. Nah, but this was. For inland fish through the ice, yeah, it's it, it, hard, yeah, hard to be hard to even get one bigger. So you ate that some bitch too? No, no, I I got that at home. That's that's my trophy. I'm mounting it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs>
1: so yesterday, I came home after we were done. Jace and uh, Ryan went to another lake, and I started flaying these white bass. And I was like, Jace comes in at the end of the when they get back. I was like, Jace, I'm not the world's best fillet man, so I left that walleye. Out in, the, uh, out in the truck. He's like, all right. That's all, I'm going to leave. He comes back in. I was like, you want to play that in here or outside? Or what do we want to do? He's like, I'm that motherfucker home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's big I, enough. I, I said, get- keep
0: it for your family. Enjoy it. And then you said you were going to fuck it up. And I said, I'll just take it. <laughs> that's a big enough <laughs> one to get cheeks out of. Oh, they... Every wall I will take the cheeks out of. Yeah, yeah beauty's <laughs> a good one, yeah. yeah. Oh oh you could probably uh, the wings or whatever. There's all kinda of yeah. shit on this. This the thing 20, got the you said it was twenty four? Twenty four and three quarter on a bump board that Ryan brought. Silly to have one. But yeah, now he's in tournament and shit and so sweet. I got to me- officially measure one of the biggest walleye I've caught through the ice, hands down, and definitely local, even, the biggest. Even out of the big lake? Oh, no. I've, see, that's a different grade That's a different grade. There. A different, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, it, sure, sure. No, I've caught bigger up there, but you don't even have a chance at a fish like that yeah. here. It'd be a unicorn, but that's damn near a unicorn. It'd be like a short unicorn, like a, about a two-inch yeah. spike. But, I mean, <laughs> but back to my fish that I caught. It's I, almost a horse. Yeah, I landed this epic fish, dude, and... That's, yes, you know, elation immediately. I'm fucking happy as hell. Like Speaking of that, do you guys hear Jace all the time on the podcast?
1: You should have heard him after he caught this fish. Oh, it's Ra- going, bro. Ryan was like, Chad, has he taken a breath? <laughs> no, man. He's just on it. He's like, ah, no, no, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's how you fucking do it.
0: You fucking listen to me, you catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, dude. I beat the shit out of that spot and pulled a trophy fish out of it. But you, sometimes when you have to work hard for something, that's just how it goes, buddy. That's just how it goes. I didn't. If i would have caught less though i worked for that too you know what i mean but i caught sure. more and that like i said you don't that's a moment in life i'm not gonna forget ryan's not gonna forget that shit he don't it's probably the biggest walleye he's even laid eyes on potentially caught around i don't know he's caught a you know one or a few he where he comes from there just ain't walleye everywhere so it was pretty fun moment everybody's you know happy in the in the moment for a minute and i was like well that's enough that ain't happening again i thought it might but (laughs) it happened once and it felt good felt real good so yeah that'll be dinner this week maybe some uh parmesan crusted something like that and baked getting into (laughs) getting into baking instead of frying it every time because it's a process and we did it last night that was a one of the better fish fries
1: speaking of beating yourself up you had a story about last night
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I could not be here today. I fell down so hard. When you fall down, go boom and you're not, you know, teenager or twenty some, you fucking better thank God. If I was a cat, I lost two lives last night. <laughs> I fucking guarantee it. I would I swear to God, and I'm I like I'm more happy today that I made it through there without being hurt. You know how sometimes you w- could wake up the next day after something and you'll probably be fucked up? I thought that was going to be the case. In fact, I thought I was going to have a fractured rib and a punctured lung when I got up. I put my cigarette down. I picked...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, you put the cigarette down. I, I, you know you're hurting. Yeah, I'm
0: fucking hurting. I, I picked the beer up that I spilled. Now, I mean, here, this is how this happened. It was just a gl- like a glaze of ice on everything last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I made it down this small hill. I'm like, I'm golden. One more step. <laughs> Fucking goddamn. Everything went sideways, and I seen the light. Okay? Usually, if you hit your head, you see light. I did not hit my head. If I would hit my head, I'd probably be dead. That's what I mean. If I would have landed any different, I might be dead. But I seen light when I hit and got up pretty quick. I did okay. But, you know, I kind of limped a few times to get the machine running again. Make sure I was working. Like, am I Okay. Did I just die? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck and and uh Yeah. Yeah, Wait. no. And then I come in with a bunch of snow on my side and are like, did you just fall? i have been like, You wouldn't know it if I fucking would still been laying out there. I I was laughing pretty hard about it last night because,
1: <laughs> because I didn't realize it was a It wasn't like
0: me rolling, or, you know, having a little, you know, a slide fall or like I did not catch myself. The earth caught me. I didn't realize it was is <laughs> Vicious as it was. On oh, cement yeah, vicious. Yeah. This was this was that, dude. Like Ow. people die from shit like that. Uh, I swear to God, you know, accidents are accidents and you know, everybody listening here could be your last day today and I wish you luck, but yeah, I fucking I used all my luck yesterday, dude. I better be <laughs> fucking careful.
1: Dude That's final destination chip. You
0: don't know. You don't know. So look at that in the in the sense of you could have walked around on
2: ice all day and slipped on a piece that yeah, was Yeah, uh... I went fishing. Yeah, but I did <laughs> I did
0: that in the in the in the work aspect, you know, shit happens. But
2: Jace is going to start wearing his uh, metal cleats around everywhere now. Everywhere, you mean man.
0: I'm going to wear a fucking helmet? What the fuck you mean, Brady? I, I'm a yeah, larger helmet, grill pads and everything. Yeah, pads. I almost fucking died <laughs> yesterday, dude Jace is he's in his so football uniform up. Yeah, he's like a little kid Hockey he's outfit, hockey yeah, yeah. A Bubble,
3: fuck
1: me, dude I almost Bubble wrap yeah. Have you guys ever watched Crank Yankers? Mm-hmm you mem- I peed in your pool. Yeah, you Yay. remember the character Special Ed with his
2: helmet? <laughs> mm-hmm
0: That would be Jace
2: hmm
0: <laughs> I could be talking like that today, dude for the rest of my life after that fall so everybody be careful out there safe in this you know journey we call life walk like a penguin I fucking walked like an Egyptian right there dude I got
7: got to the top of that
3: and I'm like I'm gonna walk
0: (laughs) down the rocks as soon as I
7: I made it fine, yeah The rocks were frozen solid But the tops were all Oh, it was all, all,
3: all ice though
1: If I would have had to walk last night I would have perished But I I
3: probably would have Did the butt slide down Oh, Amy tried going through the yard And she fell <laughs> The yard there
0: was It was that slick <laughs> Yeah Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't Like, you know I But like the really roads were They were covered with salt So they were good Yeah, the salt was taller than the ice Oh, yeah You could hear it <laughs> That's yeah, good. no, we had a great time last night, though, and thank you, Ryan Evans, yeah. for coming down. I love it every time you come down here, and we got to do something that's special to me, ice fishing. You know, we didn't, we didn't knock it out the park, but we stopped at another lake, and uh, he was able to take his personal best crappie he's probably caught, like a 13-inch fish, so it might not seem big in the, in the real world, but a lot of people yeah. don't just have that. In the
6: real
1: world.
0: Yeah, a lot of people don't have that shit, man, so... I uh, I like 13-inch crappies, bro. I, gr- I drool over that shit. So, mm-hmm. Awesome, man. L- we loved your presence. Sorry I missed hope you, buddy. to see you mm-hmm. soon. Maybe we could do it again, but it was awesome. Awesome time, all in all. Good weekend.
1: And we will be right back with our guest, Stephen Weissner.
5: Oh, all right, just walked up over the hill.
1: And we are back with Stephen Weissner.
5: What's going on, buddy? Hey, not much. I'm just here in Wisconsin trying to keep warm. It's like twenty three below zero out, so it's uh it's kinda brutal outside so, the house. Sounds but, like a good day um, for a
0: pool
1: party.
5: Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. It's really it's 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 not nice outside today.
0: Guides are freezing up uh, pretty good yeah, inside how are you guys the house.
1: Doing? <laughs> oh, we're doing good tonight. It's like twenty five here.
5: Okay. They're
1: calling for some snow, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, man. So, uh, hey, let's start off with a little upcoming trip for you. Uh, Yeah. You're going to Mexico, correct?
5: Yeah, I'm going to Mexico, hopefully, knock on wood with, you know, all systems are go right now. It's a go in a a month. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go down on my first ever Mm. uh, trip to to fish, you know, flats, so bonefish permit and tarpon and jacks and barracuda and all that stuff so i'm super super excited
1: do you have any one species that you're more excited about than the rest
5: nope i you know i don't really seriously i don't care if it swims by me i'm going to try to catch it i mean i just like that the whole that whole world is a whole mystery to me really and and so i'm just really looking forward to it it's it's, it's a you know it's a real chance to just sort of do something you know fly fishing that i don't really know anything about other than what i've read and you know videos i've watched and things but but i don't really know what i'm doing and i'm i'm super excited about it i've got a guide for one day and then the area where we're going has a lot of like uh it's kind of got a road that parallels a whole miles and miles of flats so you know in theory i can go diy it you know but my understanding from everybody is that you know I'm not going to be able to see fish. You know it's going to take a while for me to learn how to do that. So that's what this is. It's going to be real fun. I'm looking forward to it.
1: So as someone who who knows how to fish, but doesn't know this exact way of fishing, what what are you doing like as a as warm up practice or time fly wise?
5: Yeah. So I just uh, you know I went and looked at a whole lot of patterns that you know that I could would need. There's a guy that's a guy down there who was his was booked, so I, I wasn't able to, to go with him. But he's a British expat. Uh, this guy Nick Denbo, and he was really kind enough to send me a real list of like what flies I should be tying, and so I, I I went and you know tied a lot of them. I mean, a lot of those patterns are fairly. I mean, you know, if you're used to tying great big musky flies, I mean tying like a crazy Charlie or something is pretty. It's a pretty simple you know they're're they're, they're not real complicated flies to tie. and I mean I hope that I've got them right. And then other than that, you know it's just a a matter of you know it's winter time here. And so I've actually taken the my fly rod into the high school uh, my eight weight into the the high school gym with my you know saltwater line on it and just played around with just sort of blasting kind of bigger longer casts than I probably would ever make normally fishing and so you know it's kind of given me an excuse to just play around with fly rods a little bit but that's it i mean and then i'm just hoping that uh we get good weather and hoping i you know can figure out how to spot fish when i'm there how long are you gonna be down for just for a week i mean for like nine days total trip yeah we're going to so we're flying into cancun and then we're going to drive down to Ishkalak, which is a little village right on the Mexico Belize border that it's kind of funny. There's only 400 people there in the village, but it's, it's kind of been getting a a lot of attention. I think lately from um, saltwater flats anglers, just because of all the DIY possibility, you know, it kind of makes for a, a trip where you can hire a guide and then actually, you know, also go fishing without a guide. So it's kind of one of those places
1: does mrs weissner fish and is she gonna saltwater fish
5: with you she does not i mean she no she really isn't that interested in fly fishing i don't know why she married me quite (laughs) honestly um i mean she's been stuck with it and you know she's like around here she loves i mean she loves to float the river and stuff but there no i think she's pretty excited to uh to lay on the beach while i'm
1: to have you out of her hair
5: yeah, and yeah. I, you know, so I mean, literally, we'll just be. Hopefully, the plan is kind of. She's going to go with like on the, the guide trip just because fun, you know, ride around in a boat and see stuff, and then there's a big cor- like pretty famous, barrier reef there, so we'll do some snorkeling on that, and you know, you kind of have to. I'll have to, you know. Um, temper of the day a little bit but but really you know molly my wife is really very uh very self-sufficient she's you know she's super happy to you know if we park a car and i go wander around chasing fish on the flats and she can you know lay on a beach or you know she's a big runner so if she can do you know get out and log some miles running where it's not below zero i think she's really excited about that
1: is Ixcalac, Mexico, a place where a lady can go run by herself and not have fears of cartels?
5: And yeah, stuff? yeah, I think so. You know, in my experience in Mexico is is quite honestly, my experience in Mexico is that a lot of that stuff is Americans. You know, a lot of our fears about that stuff are, um, you know, are, are overrated in the same way that, you know, like I mean. I could, we used to live in the twin cities and I would say, you know, I could run, you know, would tell, say that my wife could go running in most of Minneapolis, but certain parts of it, maybe it wouldn't be the smartest idea. And that is kind of, I think how Mexico is too. So, um, you know, I think we'll should probably just stay in the, in the town during the day, you know, it, it's like literally dirt road village, you know? So, um, so, you know, I think, that part of it doesn't really—we we don't lose a whole lot of sleep over it. There hasn't been any like any of that kind of violence in that town, I think, ever. So good, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: sorry, that—that's just a American pig perspective. Asking. Oh no, <laughs> I think it's a, you know—it's yeah.
5: really an interesting one. That was a real. I mean, that's sort of off the top. of man, when that was a when I when we're on, we went on our motorcycle trip, and I hadn't spent any time much time in Mexico or Central America, and that was like a thing where people were always. Like, before we left, you know, if you go down there, you know, you're going to get killed. And instead, our <laughs> – man, I mean, our experience was the exact opposite of that. Like, people were, like, way more helpful, way friendlier, really, than than probably what you'd ex- expect to run into, you know, you know, just in some random place in the United States. So, it, I don't know. I, I, I feel it, – it, it seems to me my understanding in talking to people down there was – if you're not really involved in that business, you know, mm-hmm. then you probably, they're probably not very interested in you, you know, the cartels and whatever. I mean, just, they got bigger fish to fry, you know, than harassing tourists, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, that just gives them a bad name as well, you know. It yeah,
5: more... right, I mean, it just makes their life hard. Yeah, it oh, shines right. a they're, light
0: think, on them. There yeah, are good right, cartels, cartels out I mean, there, Chad. They're, they're,
5: they're busy <laughs> moving millions of dollars of drugs they really don't care about
0: you know your, good guys. your
5: cell phone that much i think yeah but
1: so uh hey back to the fishing um mm-hmm. barracuda are you gonna take any yeah. mu- are you gonna take any musky flies to try to catch a barracuda
5: yeah you know i was and i i am although when looking at it, it kind of looks to me like a lot of the flies that they use for those are not quite nearly as big as like the stuff we do and my understanding is, like, it's all about, like, speed. And so some of, like, like you really have to be able to strip them fast. So I'm going to bring, I do have some bigger, like, those flies that are kind of, like, a little too big for smallmouth, a little too small for muskies, like that kind of stuff. And, and, and some musky poppers that I'm bringing, um, you know, but I don't have any idea what they eat or how, you know, I mean, that's all going to be something I'll just have to learn.
6: Yeah. But I can't wait,
5: man. I want. I mean, watching. You ever see one of those things get hooked on a video? It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's intense. Like, Bonefish. Yeah, I mean, they no, go like Bur- Bur- hundred Bur- miles an hour when they get hooked. It's just, it's, it's amazing.
0: They all do, man. It's the ocean, dude. Get freaking ready.
5: Yeah, I mean that to me is so exciting.
0: Speed, you know, I, man. Yeah. I, never. You, I read you, something that,
5: like a steelhead, like a steelhead's top speed is like you know twelve miles an hour or something like that. You know, and a bone fish is like, you know, thirty. So oh, you know, yeah. so I mean just sort of to put it in perspective. And so, you know, steelhead when you hook I'm sure feel like they're going plenty fast. So I'm looking forward to it. You well, need that, to you need you, to practice. Have you guys been down online. there? Have you guys done some any of you guys done some saltwater stuff?
1: Uh not like that. But um <laughs> hey, you're your steelhead, that's a great yeah. that's a great lake steelhead. It's only doing twelve miles an hour. It's getting fat, eating cheese curds. Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah, you know, the
1: saltwater ones they go a little bit faster.
5: A little faster, yeah, Oh, yeah. Our Wisconsin ones are kind of slow. They've kind of got beer guts.
1: Yeah, <laughs> too much New Glarus and cheese curds.
5: <laughs> they just
0: they just hang out in the harbor there and, and feed. Yeah,
5: yeah, they do, and you know, yeah, and it's funny. I'm not, I'm not remotely. I mean, I shouldn't say that. I've gone steelheading, and I, I will go, and but you know, like my 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 Milwaukee friends um are such avid steel headers and you know it's it's kind of a haul from here to milwaukee it's probably five hours so it's just i don't get down there and do it as often as i'd like to that's for sure yeah they're not worth it
2: not five <laughs> hours
1: not when you have the trout and the musky right by where you are well milwaukee yeah, that's you know, the like, biggest and, brown yeah trout. it's
5: kind of a cool but you know it's, I, I think like in march it's kind of appealing you know because we're it, they're a little bit warmer down there you know and and you know, we're – so the last year, like, I don't know. I kind of wish I had gotten down there more often. You know, M- Max's Meyer is such a steelhead catching machine that, you know, it would be really fun to get out and fish steelhead with him. And huge browns. I mean, that's – he catches these, you know. I mean, I don't think Max would even talk about a brown trout in any way that wasn't over 30 inches. You know, I mean, that's like – the browns he catches there in Milwaukee are gigantic.
1: Yeah, the real deal. Yeah. So speaking of Max, he's on your guide staff, correct?
5: Yeah, yeah, yep.
1: And you guys just got a new, another uh, new hire. Yeah.
5: So we just yeah. So we've got Max Meyer, who just guides with us in the fall. Um, so he got Max just guides with us like from about mid September through the end of November. So prime musky time. Otherwise, he's in Alaska, except for last year. Because of the COVID, he was out in Wyoming instead. Um, but yeah, we added uh, Josh Smelter is kind of going to try to do more guiding uh, for us, and and Josh just bought a really really nice new uh, uh, eighteen foot uh, with a eighteen foot you know uh, river boat with a hundred horse jet or hundred bigger than a hundred horse jet on it and a full rowing kit and. It's really quite a cool boat so that kind of adds a different element to what we can do as a guide service so you know he can guide both the big rivers here with that and then um, and then we have never really I because I'm not a lake angler I mean I just have drift boats so I've, so he really you know his and he Josh has always been has done quite a bit of lake fishing so that adds that which will be really nice on days when you know like when we get a ton of rain and the rivers are too high to fish and something like that you know it's kind of nice to be able to 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 have that in the mix too plus he has a a drift boat also and so you know we kind of we kind of have all that plus we got a raft so now we're we're we've got all we've got a navy now of boats
1: so has he taken ownership of the the new boat yet
5: uh mm no, he hasn't, and hopefully it'll be done. It's supposed to be done in April. Um, it's uh, he's buying it through uh, Stealthcraft, and apparently, you know, they were a little bit worried at one point about, you know, just availability of outboards, but but I guess he bought such a big one for it that there's plenty of those. Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody else wants that. Yeah, apparently, like he bought such a big jet that it wasn't really that that they actually have one, so they didn't have to order it. So, so in theory, he should have it in April. But you know, then he he had an eighteen foot uh, jet with like a with like a forty horse, you know, jet before that he's been a little rough on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) In a majority of what you're gonna be doing is on the Chippewa flow,
5: Yeah, the, well, the Chippewa River, not the yeah, the flowage is actually up north. We have this weird thing in Wisconsin; <coughs> I don't know, but it, what most people would call like a reservoir, for mm-hmm. some reason in Wisconsin, they refer to them as flowages.
3: Okay, so, so the actual lake part yeah, of it, so the flowage, Chippewa and then you're flowage in the river is
5: actually this gigantic, like wilderness lake that's right up at the headwaters of the Chippewa River. Um, but but we could totally like that would be a Boat, that would be perfect for that place because it's got lots of stumps and you could run all over that flowage with it that's where the louis sprays world record you know supposedly came from huh. hmm. so, uh,
3: awesome. now you're doing just pretty much all floats yourself correct
5: yeah i just pretty much do flo- yeah i don't i don't really fish lakes um you I don't do- you don't
3: run a jet yourself though you you do just the floats
5: yeah, I just do. I just, I, I'm i just a, a dummy in the middle of the boat on the oars. You know, that's my, <laughs> that that's how I do it. Yeah, I don't have a, you know, I I, do, I have a, like a, a 15 foot with a 15 horse outboard that I just, you know, we live right on the river. So I kind of keep that to run around, but I don't really guide out of that at all.
3: Well, that'd be nice to have options for other rivers where you can shoot up in too. And Josh's new sled.
5: Yeah. So he could run, I mean, he can run on this with a tank of gas. It's just insane. Like the distances and with this, I, I think, I mean, I think it's like going to go like 50 miles an hour. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of got it's that, that's a really interesting addition, you know, and down here where we are low enough on the Chippewa where it's not, there's enough people running around with outboards and stuff where it's not kind of obnoxious to run your jet, you know, on the river, which, you know, on some of the, Areas further upstream, you know, they're kind of wilderness rivers and the jets are a little, you know, we, you could make an argument that people, you know, go there on these canoe vacations to kind of be, have it be silent and then suddenly somebody comes bombing by in a jet. It's it's a little out of place, but down here it's, it's appropriate. So it's, it's really nice.
1: And did you say you guys just acquired a raft? Mm-hmm. Have you had? Rafts? Yeah. So have you had yeah,
5: building it up? But yeah, just a, a raft. We have so many like a, I do a lot of my guiding on smaller water, you know, and especially for muskies and especially when I have clients that haven't that really haven't ever put a, a, a muskie in the boat and they're they're real what you know what they want is a fish because a lot of these some of our smaller rivers have the, the numbers are really huge on, you know, there's a ton of muskies in them. they just maybe not the best highest chance of getting a 50 inch fish, but, but lots of like, you know, 32, 33 inch fish and a raft. Is, and that, and those are also, those same rivers are full of smallies. I mean, so, so, you know, you can kind of, that's also really a great like in the midsummer to, you know, some of these really rocky, but shallow rivers where a drift boat. It's either too, either when they get low, it's too bony for a drift boat or the other problem we just have everywhere is access, just not having an actual like boat landings where you can trailer a boat into the water and get it out. So a raft really solves those, you know, opens up a whole bunch of water to us.
1: Oh, 100%. Rafts are the best thing ever made.
5: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it, I, I always say it this way, like, I mean, there's really nothing nicer to fish out of than a drift boat with a fly, when you're fly angling, you know, it's just such, it's a nice platform, you know, like my boat is really a comfortable boat to fish out of, but you know, there are whole miles and miles and miles of water that, that we just can't fish out of the drift boat that we can with a raft and that really, um, that's just is such a nice thing to be able to access.
1: Yeah. Oh man. You're talking about those skinny waters with the smallies and the muskies mixed in. Yeah. yeah ever since we talked to you last time, and you, you brought that to our attention that muskies will hang out in riffles. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at every riffle thinking, Oh man, I should be throwing bigger streamers in there, not smallmouth streamers.
5: Yeah. You if, know, and I, yeah, I mean, that's stuff that we talked about last time and it's funny like last season, I mean, yeah, we, I have a whole bunch of, of, I mean, some of the nicer muskies we got last year came out of, came out of some rapids, um, you know, like right in the tail, you know, those kind of pools in the bottom. And it's just, you know, you know, even in, especially in the summertime, I think when, you know, when the fish need a little more oxygen, they're a little more active. And, and then you definitely find like the suckers and kind of some of the, 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 the fish that they want to eat are up there in those in that faster water and so boom there they are, you know. And then obviously smallmouth, you know, are there. But it's fun it's it's fun when it's you're expecting a smallmouth and instead it's a you know, nice muskie. That's that's a really nice experience.
1: A bigger, but, larger larger, greener bycatch.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super cool.
1: How often do you go out smallmouth fishing and get a, a muskie as a bycatch, like on a small day?
5: Um, probably probably get one to eat three quarters of the days.
6: Hmm. That's I mean, freaky. really,
5: you know, I mean, you, you, we see a lot of muskies when we're smallmouth fishing, you know, not necessarily big ones, you know, always, but and and we get bit off, we you know we get bit off by them a lot which is why I fish with a lot of wire and some of it depends on what we're fishing with. If we're fishing poppers, maybe not so much, you know, like if we're doing top water, smallly stuff, but if we're fishing minnow pattern, uh, you know, which we, I do a lot of on a lot of these rivers, you know, and they're, they're, they're pretty darn common. Like I would expect to see one most days. Yeah. You know, um, eat any, or, you know, blow up on stuff anyway. You don't always put them in the boat yeah like do, a lot of them
3: do you guys run into many walleyes coming up and getting the musky flies
5: yeah not not as many as i i think and, and usually what's interesting is almost always by far the majority of the, the walleyes that i've caught with uh, that had clients catch are on are actually on musky stuff hmm. um like they come up and inhale the big flies um you know that's something i should really be working on more like and i i kind of want to start fishing a lot more kind of do more dredging for smallmouth, you know, more fishing deep anyway. And I kind of expect if we do more of that, we'll start, um, seeing more walleyes too, you know, they're awesome, man. They're fun. And plus, you know, um, those, those get the deep, you know, they get the hot grease release for me. I
1: mean, yeah, man, bonk them, throw them in the, bottom yeah, I mean, of the if drip boat. If we're trying to walleye the
5: boat, it's, I'm all, I, I keep a, there's a, I got a stringer in there. We'll just hang him off the bow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fish attractor chain gang. Yeah, yeah. Chain stringer. Yeah.
5: But- yeah, we had one that I remember. Josh and I had one that hung off the front of the boat. This is a few years ago. It was just off there the whole day, and we kind of named it. It was like our pet. <laughs> and it was just swimming there with a the stringer. And we got to the end of the float, and it was totally like fine. We probably could have released it, but. And Josh still just says that it was the most caveman thing that he's ever seen. Was I pulled the boat up and I just kind of grabbed it and then bonked its head on the boat landing? You know, on the rail. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I looked up and there you were, just like a some kind of caveman just good night bludgeoning that thing. And I was like, wow, well, you know, I mean, I, I kind of felt like we ought to give it a quick and merciful you know and after a day
1: of after a day of dragging around like a
5: dragging pet, it around <laughs> <laughs> like a pet on, on a leash all day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness
3: so what else uh up in your area at this time of the year obviously now with you know what's feet? that what what uh, kind uh, of fishing oh so yeah this time you're obviously froze up right now but going yeah, in you I mean, guys get fishing, into some...
5: really I, you know i i mean i do a ton of winter trout fishing it's just when it's this cold i mean i could like i could have gone fishing today like by my house There's a a stream that has a lot of trout, I mean, a lot of trout and it's spring fed. So it would, you know, it's, it's not going to be frozen. It's not going to be ice. And I, you know, and honestly you'll catch trout. I mean, even when it's way below zero like this, but it's just, you know, what do you get? You're good for about 18 minutes, you know, of that. And then I mean, really, then it's just like just your shit's all frozen and it just doesn't, You know,
1: it's just going up to say that you went out trout fishing. Yeah, right.
5: Exactly. I mean, it. You know, if it's in the twenties, good lord, I love it. I mean, that's great. You know, and and but I mean, that's pretty easy. But when it's uh when it's this cold, it's just hard. Plus, like stuff like your fly lines crack. You know, it's it's kind of a little hard and smashing ice out. You know, one of the things I love is whenever I'd post pictures of us like trout fishing when it's really cold and. There's always guys that come on there and like, you know, if you put chapstick on your guides, you wouldn't have that icing problem. And it's like, <laughs> Where do you where do you live? I mean, <laughs> that does not like not when it's this cold, man.
6: Yeah, and that's not stops a thing
5: it. you're gonna do. That's <laughs> you know, when it's below zero that's so gonna deal with ice in your guides. It's just it's you know, everything's gonna freeze instantly.
1: Chapstick might work but. for twenty eight. You know
5: mm-hmm. that, Yeah That's what I mean yeah And I think a lot of times You you hear that from guys That are like You know Pacific Northwest Steelheaders or something You know Once you get the but first not freeze in it, it not that's people it. that are fishing When it's When it's really cold I mean then it, You just gotta Chip it out At that point I think
2: Butthole grease works good too
5: Mm-hmm.
2: It's my favorite Yeah <laughs> Especially from Chad Just a Just a call.
1: Yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but it does
5: yeah yeah i you know but yeah that's kind of what we're doing in the winter i don't ice fish because i hate it so i, mean, I think we've. You say? I, I just i can't stand it i just don't i mean i shouldn't say that if somebody called me up and had all the stuff and really knew like and and especially if we were going to fish tip-ups like so i could just we could like you know just get slacked out drunk, shack and you drink your beers, watch flags go up, and run out and pull a fish up. You know I might be interested, but sitting on a bucket staring at a vexilar, you know, moving not on. good for your I, health. It's just not my my gig. I I kind of would rather just take a little break from fishing than do uh, that. Really,
1: don't listen to the second segment of this podcast right before we called you because we did oh. that. we did that yesterday.
5: <laughs> oh did you how'd it go did you I mean did you catch fish
1: yeah we caught a metric ton of white bass and uh jace caught a, a big walleye
5: see you know and that's like it you know it's like if you have a day where you catch a bunch of fish it's kind of fun and like i get it i just uh you know i just that's like a whole bunch of stuff i just don't have or know but yeah and catching white bass f- f- would be a, a ball through the ice
1: I'll tell you what, we cooked them tonight, made fish yeah. tacos. They were delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I never had white bass yeah. before.
5: Yeah, they're cool. And, man, I just love them, too. And we do get them in the lower Chippewa. Like, sometimes it's pretty fun in the summer when we're, you know, small fishing and then you, you run into a big pot of white bass. And then, you know, I mean, th- those are kind of pretty awesome experiences because usually, you know, where there's one, there's, well, there's one, there's more than one, you know, and, and man, they're, they're great. They're, they, they fight great. They're fun to catch, you know.
0: Definitely um, plentiful when you find them. Yes. What's that? They're definitely plentiful when you find them.
5: Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, in the Mississippi, I mean, it's not that far from here. We're about 45 miles from the Mississippi River. Down there, I mean, you can just get into, like, huge pods of white bass where you can just sit and park on them and just you know and that's where like josh's jet would be great we can't guide on the mississippi legally because it's uh navigable so you need a captain's license so we'd need to like so it's not an area we can guide but but just going fishing there is super fun
3: i mean speaking of like having tons of them what about the moon eyes have you messed with them at all
5: yeah moon eyes are kind of our so that's our little that's really kind of I, I don't know do, do you guys have any of those in we, your no we
3: woods? we don't what would you compare it to is it kind of like a big shad or something like that yeah
5: or? yeah that's probably a really good comparison they kind of look like uh they look like like mini tarpon huh. like hmm. you know so like so I'm, they just are that that silver color and they kind of have a similar like mouth structure to a tarpon um they have really big eyes hence the name and they get so moon eyes they we have them in the lower chippewa by the by the i mean i don't know god i would be shocked to see what would happen if you know somebody electrofished through here like what you'd see the, the biomass of of moon eyes that would Come out, but on an evening, like in front of my house, you can probably see 5,000 of them eating at any given time. I mean, they just sit and like the whole river is just swirls Hmm. and they, they, they average like the average moon eye is probably somewhere between like nine and 14 inches. So not a really big fish, but I just kind of tell people, well, you know, if those were trout, (laughs) you'd be very happy. That'd be pretty nice. (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't be, I mean, obviously, you know, it's not, you're not going to.
3: They eat bugs are minnows go or crazy, but
5: if you had a whole evening of just catching nine to fourteen inch trout on on dry flies, you know, and you can just so what's really cool is you can literally like we can park a drift boat, drop the anchor, and there'll be a pod of mate. You know, they like to sit on current, like on current seams and stuff. They kind of like deeper water. They don't tuck up by the bank, and but we'll get them. Like so, if you got like a current line, like maybe there'll be a hundred of them just rising in a big line and you can just park the boat and, and just sit and catch them. And it's, I mean, I have really started doing that on guide trips with people just taking, we used up. to kind of ignore them on guide trips. Like, Oh, we'll go, f-, you know, we're fishing for smallmouth, We're not going to really pay attention to those. And then I've just discovered how much fun people have with them. Like you take a, you know, like a five weight and you know, like a size 16 elk care caddis and just fish it just like you would for trout and you know like it's a great way to start a day just go park on a pot of those and everybody gets to you know gets to feel a a fish on the line and you know and i mean they're they're super fun and um and i just learned i've never i never knew this that um we should be um keeping them and smoking them Hmm. and eating them like i guess they're delicious smoked which i just have never tried so this summer this summer some of them are gonna get
1: are you gonna uh, drag them in the front of your drift boat like they're a walleye
5: <laughs> yeah yeah i think we'll just i just probably just go out i mean literally i could catch i could just like go you know i mean my our you know our, our house is 20 25 feet from the river and i could I, I could go out in front of my house like and catch all that i would ever need like i could have the smoker yeah running getting it ready while I was out there getting them there's they're, they're everywhere but they're super cool like it's a really like under I, you know I don't know of very many apparently they really need like clear oxygenated water like it's they're a really good indicator species that the river's healthy um but they like deeper water they're pretty cool too like sometimes you'll see them where they'll just explode and there will be fish blowing out of the water everywhere and it's like you know there's a big Muskie or pike down there hmm. crashing into them, you know. So that's always kind of fun to watch.
1: So, do you ever, uh, on a muskie trip, will you ever pull over and have the guys throw five weight at Moon Eyes?
5: No, I never do.
1: For... <laughs> no, not a muskie. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Break time. I mean,
5: muskies, you know, yeah. That's a I different don't... story. Yeah, you know, and it's really funny too, because I even went muskie trips. Like sometimes I'll have guys that'll say to me, like, tell you what, well let's muskie fish, but if, you know, we'll, should, Maybe we should consider bringing some smallmouth stuff, too, in case, you know, in in case we aren't getting any muskies. And I kind of always try to discourage that. I kind of say to people, you know, you know, really, you know, what will happen is it won't take you long. And then you're going to want to make the shift. And, you know, like muskie fishing to me is sort of like, you know, consider committing yourself to it.
0: Take the crunch away.
5: And so usually I kind of try to just stay focused when we're when we're fishing for for muskies. But um, you know, and it's nice because we there's prior to about the first of October when our our smallmouth really go to wintering holes right around the first of October. So we don't catch them much on musky gear after that. But prior to that, it's kind of nice. You know, you get a a few smallies usually when you're musky fishing that kind of keep the day interesting. But yeah, I haven't really ever like that's that would be a little bit of a mind blowing shift I think to go to moon eye gear. And they kind of are done. Like the moon eye thing is all over like it's kind of by mid September, you know, when the, bug, the the insect hatch is kind of shut down, then you know, the, the, the I don't know. And then I they must they must go somewhere too cuz so you just don't see them in the like you don't see them after about the 15th of September very much, at least not on the surface.
1: Are you throwing dry flies at them? I'm sorry.
5: Yeah, you could throw dry flies or you could put a, you could throw like nymphs on a, like nymphs on an indicator rig would work really well, you know, like any small fly. They'll eat a popper. You'll get them on poppers sometimes, huh. like a small mouth popper. It's kind of a, that's a, the, their mouths are. They're not really really big, so eating a, a big like what, like a big double barrel popper or something is kind of hard for them to do, um, and they're super hard to hook. That's the funny thing, like they have like really bony mouths, and you know, so it's funny. You'll, you'll, the hook up ratio to eat ratio is is kind of low, but luckily there's so many of them that it just doesn't matter. <laughs> hmm. But it's a sure thing like you can go if you want to go moon eye fishing in, in the summer, it's they're going to every morning, every evening, there's going to be a zillion of them eating unless a, unless it's like the river super high or something weird like that.
1: So you and Josh had a, a little uh, adventure going last last fall into spring um, with the Fly Strung podcast. Yeah. I, I think if you ever bring it back, the first episode should be a moon eye trip.
5: Yeah, you know, you're <laughs> so right. And we, we really do have to bring it back. That was like, a, you know, I I don't know. You guys, with your format, it really seemed like it, it worked so well. And we had this thing where we kind of needed guests and getting out on the river. And at least in the early days of COVID, it, you know, you didn't really know what – should be doing and not doing for a little while and so we kind of like you know gave it a little bit of a rest and then and then you know um once you once you get out of the habit of doing a thing it starts to be hard to remember to do it again but but i really do want to bring it back and you know because that was a thing where we really recorded it out, you know, on the river and, and then, you know, the hardest part about it was it just like the editing situation was, it was it's like, it was a lot of hours to put one of those yeah, you're together. F- and so it's, it's I, I kind of have to, uh, have to figure out a way. Once the guy started guiding and stuff, it was sort of tougher to do, but yeah, the moon, like the moon eye episode would be, I mean, it's just so it's super fun. I mean, I would love nothing more than to book guide trips for people where We just, floated the river and fished like if if you if if a person was a trout like loved trout fishing and loved fishing small dries and stuff like you could have a day the numbers would would be mind boggling by the end of the day like how many fish you would put in the boat like i I mean for just working on your dry fly game it just would be a, a a really great experience i think for like a lot of trout anglers to to do um i think it's super fun
1: that new would be a new species for a lot of people.
5: Yeah, yeah, it would. You know, and, and I just always tell people, you know, the, the state record is twenty inches, and I've never seen anything even close to a twenty inch moon eye. You know, like I think maybe fifteen inches is the big, you know, is the big that most of them are kind of just cookie cutter, like eleven inches. Like that's kind of what they are. So, you know, they're not going to be a huge fish, but they jump. you hook them and they jump and then, you know, they're, they're really fun. And, um, uh, yeah, I just think it's a, it's, it's, it's just something cool that we have that, you know, you can't do anywhere, you know, there aren't, not anywhere else, but not many places that they really aren't in a lot of river systems. So it's, it's crazy how many we have, like, I mean, the numbers are, are insane, but yeah, really fun
3: had yeah, something here we're not familiar with at all. But.
5: Yeah, so, I didn't know anything about them. So you I got a couple of moon eye musky flies, right? That's and Then I, I would see them all the yeah. time, and I didn't even know. I was like, what What even are those things? What the fuck? You know, like, I mean, and then we just, it's like, yeah, well, throw a dry fly at it. See what happens. And the first time I threw a fly at one, it like, first cast over it, boom, ate it. I mean, they're, they're going to eat your fly when it goes over their head. <laughs>
2: So do all your yeah, flies like, have giant eyes on them then? What's that? Do all your flies have giant eyes on them then?
5: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and my, my, uh, my, my musky flies really don't. And it's funny cause I actually kind of figured out that I think they're sort of like, you know, like how, uh, like how like pronghorn antelope have figured out to stay out in the middle of the most open place that they possibly can and they have really great eyesight and nothing can quite get to them out there and the moon eyes tend to stay out in deep water like in the surface and i think you know they you won't see them tucked over somewhere where like like where the predators are hiding out you know like they they kind of sit out mid-river where where they can where they can't be trapped. you know, it's, it's pretty hard just probably for a muskie to sneak up on them, would be my guess, you know.
1: It sounds like but, the Eagles can get them way easier.
5: Yeah, the Eagles will get them, you know. And, um, you know, and here it's like we have a lot of ospreys, like a lot of them. But they just, you know, they're just all over the suckers. I mean, that's their that's their game. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they – they seem to be, you know, I, you don't, I, I don't know. I've, and I've, I've fished them like all silver because they're just like tarpon silver. So I fished them all silver, like, you know, flies for, for muskies and, and it seemed to, you know, like you could almost tie like a, a fly out of pure, like silver flashaboo. That would be a, a fly that would like imitate a moon eye. <laughs>
3: So to kind of change course on that a little bit, you guys pushed hard at the end of last year. What's that? I said it's kind of changed course a little bit there. You guys pushed hard on the musky side at the end of last year. Yeah. Josh put a good yeah. one in the boat. You guys put, put what, two, three pushing 50-inch fish in the boat, didn't you?
5: Yeah, well, you know, um, Josh, and, Josh um, and company really, really did. You know, I, guiding for me, um, I had, uh, I probably had the best year I've, I've, I, well, I know I did. I, I had the best year I've ever had for n- numbers, like for at for an average number of fish per day of guiding was last year was my best year ever. Um, but I didn't have, I personally didn't necessarily have clients. Like we, we didn't get quite as many of the really big fish. Um, but some of that's because of what we were talking about earlier, I had a fair number of clients that just, it was their f- first time muskie fishing or, you know, um, where they just wanted to put fish in the boat. Um, so numbers wise, it was pretty crazy. Like I had, I had two guys that, you know, got 11, you know, Holy shit. muskies, um, you know, like that kind of a day. I mean, you yeah, know, it was pretty amazing, but, um, but man, like Josh and, jake fields they were racking up big fish and that was with josh where i saw josh Smelter hooked the biggest muskie i've ever seen ever i mean this year and uh i don't even want to tell you how he lost it it was like super depressing yeah rest, yeah. In,
3: rest in peace that black over orange fly
5: yeah yeah he hadn't you know so if, if this is just a thing for all your listeners if you aren't doing this do it um, if you've got stainless steel guides on your rod, if you're not paying attention to your tip top, um, there's not a bad chance that if you're fishing a lot of tungsten and, and you know, tungsten coated lines that those tip tops get, um, get sort of, you know, sharpened by that. I mean, they you know, you get a groove yeah, cut they got in grooves
2: them. in them yeah.
5: and yeah. Yeah. And Josh hooked this fish that, I mean, seriously, I have, you know, you never know until you put them on a bump board. They all look big when they're really big. But this one was, was, you know, definitely 55 or, or you know, possibly even significantly over. Um, it was just a huge fish. And he had it. It was hooked. I mean, and then it ran under the boat and the line kind of got on and it turned out he had this big groove in his tip top and it cut right through his fly line. It was gone. And literally we, I, it was as close as I've seen like two grown men cry. We both just sat there like stunned, you know, my stomach just
1: dropped here in that story. What's that? I said, my stomach just dropped here in that story. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it yeah. was the
5: biggest fish I've, the biggest muskie I've ever seen hooked like that. I've been around you know, and, and we've, and over the years we've, we've, you know, my boat seen a number of 50 plus inch fish and this one dwarfed those. It was huge. You know, luckily it was a, it was a barbless hook, you know, I'm sure it, even though it broke the line, you know, I'm sure it's still out there, you know, I mean, hopefully that's an old fish, you know, you never know if they'll, they get that big. You kind of don't know how long they have to, to live, but it was it was it was a real really devastating <laughs> loss of him and, and exciting, just really cool to see too. You know, but yeah, a bummer.
1: So, how many times did you hit that hole in the following days?
5: Yeah, every day.
0: <laughs> every day. Josh was down
5: there every single day for like 14 days straight. <laughs> and
0: that my phone. You no, know, he was like,
5: hurting. yeah, it just it, it it consumed them. Yeah, it it totally. And what's funny was he caught a bunch of other really big fish out of that hole, you know, or like within pretty close that, that was part of why he was getting all those. I mean, he, he caught a lot of high forties, you know, caliber fish. And what's funny was that because he knew what he wanted, he'd literally get like a 46 and be bummed out, hmm. <laughs> you know, cause he was just like, had <laughs> that fish was what we- he was we, trying to get back after. We don't feel bad so, for him
1: for catching forty. Yeah, seconds. I know. Me neither. I was like,
5: <laughs> That's, yeah, I no. I mean, I know, and it was like, you know, and, and I, I was just like, man. I mean, he, he, those guys went on a tear. You the,
3: know. that fish is the sole reason I don't use the post office I used to use. I got yeah. In, I got into like a tear with them because I had to overnight them flies and they didn't get there in time. And I ended up getting into it with a manager there. I'm like, yep, time to pick a new post office.
5: Yeah yeah you know and and so you know that's like it's interesting because that really made me change out all the tip tops on all my rods into ceramic, you yeah, know, which mostly they were because uh you know, like like Tom Shank's chip or rods, like he does all ceramic gods for exactly that reason, but you know, whoops, uh, you yeah, know, I mean. And it was the stupidest part was I was just talking about how with him as we were running out that very day about how I had had a, a different not non-chip rod that I just had to swap out the tip top because it was getting all sharpened and stuff. And then we didn't even look at, you know, like you think you'd look at the tips of your rods that you were fishing with after you had that very conversation. But nope, then we lost lost the fish, the biggest fish, you know, we may ever see.
0: No, you're going to get a bigger one next season, man. No worries in that Yeah, one. I mean,
5: yeah. I mean, and that's what kind of, kind of the joke. Like, you know, like, so what? You know, so that that was fun. You that's can't catch him if you don't you know? hook them. That's- but that was one of my, I only got to fish. Like, I was so busy guiding that I just, I almost, I really did not. Last year was like probably the least amount of actual where I actually just got to go fishing days of you know that i probably ever had so it uh you know that was a real it, it was fun to be able for me it's like i was just happy to be able to get out and throw some flies you know i mean i, I, I really love guiding but but there are, are you know every now and again a guy wants to go fish especially when it's november and you know you're kind of prime
2: time uh <clears throat> that big fish that came on a what was an origin black right
5: yeah it was one of the black with just the orange heads the one that uh the urban fly company one so yeah you yeah you, yeah your stuff um the, yeah the orange so yeah it was one of, you, one of your <laughs> orange with a with well, the no black that was me and asking like
2: i i didn't know exactly of I, I thought it was that fly i just didn't know what you know exactly what color combo but i thought it was yeah
5: that that's the one and those guys i think
2: all those fish that they were getting this year came on that combo is that like, what you go with too? They fished
5: the hell out of that this year, like like Jake and Josh, like they were like that. That was it. I think that was the only fly they were tying on on the lower chip. While they were crazy about that thing, so can I, it's hard to argue. I mean, look at the pictures. Yeah, you know, I mean they caught a ton of big fish on it.
1: So can can I ask you about the smaller river fish when you, yeah when you caught eleven in a day? Are you still throwing big flies like like the one that? Yeah.
5: Yeah, not, not giant. Like, all those were, like, on, on like, double Bufords. So, maybe, like, 12-inch 12, 12 flies, maybe 10-inch flies, probably, something like that. Man, you're still a like, decent-sized fly. I tie, like, fly. a double Buford yeah. with using, I didn't, using two hooks, and then I'll put, like, one shank off the back just to kind of give it that tail a little extra wiggle. It kind of, loads you know, load feathers off at the back of that. And so, that those that's what those were. But it was funny. We were fishing. We had a black and white one going and a pink one. And white going and it didn't and those guys split they were um you know they ended up uh six six to five i mean so it was like the perfect it was like the perfect guiding thing ever like not only did we catch a bunch of fish it was equal but literally like we caught you know almost like one guy oh and we got a double too that was super fun that day like it was first first time i've ever netted two muskies simultaneously which was super fun
3: that's got to be a good feeling there
5: yeah no i was like it was super happy it's just like you know boom one guy just hooks up and the other guy's like oh me too you know and if you look like those fish were probably like 30 maybe 32s something like that i mean you know Smile makers. not big fish but who cares i mean you got a double super fun you know and really that whole day like we didn't catch any none of those fish was big right at the very end We had to eat from a fish that was in the 40s, you know, which kind of would have been cool just to cap the day. But, you know, who cares? I mean, when you're catching, moving that many fish, it's just so fun. So, you know, it's perfect. The weather was perfect. I would have told you when we launched the boat. It's like, oh, yeah.
0: Today's the day. You know, this
5: kind of weather in October, we're going to, you know, we're going to get them. And and sure enough, and I was, you know, floating one of my favorite kind of smaller rivers, like, you know, that – just such a beautiful river too. I mean, that's the part that, you know, like a lot of these smaller Northwoods rivers we have are just so beautiful. They're just rocky and, you know, woods and, you know, just, you know, in the fall, like, you know, you still had some, you know, some October color on the, on the leaves. And, you know, you add that with a whole bunch of muskies and, you know, that's, you know, those are the kind of days that you, people sort of dream about when they think muskie fishing. I think.
1: So when you land eleven in a day, how, yeah. How many do you see?
5: Honestly, the only fish that we those guys, and I, this is important to note, the reason that that many fish came into a boat was that the, I, those guys were so they were from Missoula, Montana, and they were uh, uh, they were they were really. Into fishing for bull trout. And so they had like a streamer game when a strip set that were really great. And one guy like wouldn't look at his like the refused to look at his fly while he fished. He literally stared at the bottom of the floor, you know, at the bottom of the boat while he was stripping. And so other than the 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 sort of forties-ish fish that we saw right at the end, which may might not have even really eaten. Um Those guys hooked every single fish that ate for the day, which, man, if that would happen on all guide trips, you know, I mean, you know, it, that was, it was the, their hookup rate was like nothing. I've never seen that.
1: Never be hookup again. And it
5: really was, I watched this guy and I really learned something about not like really not watching your fly and just going completely by feel. Like you'd see him, he'd know his fly was eaten and he'd kind of do this. And then he would just wait till just the right second and, and blast him And I was like, man, that's how, you, you know, if you, you know, and he's like, yeah, if I see him, I'm going to, I'm going to set too, too early. And I, you know, so that day that, I mean, I'd love to tell you that we saw like a hundred fish or something, but we didn't really, I mean, they, they just kind of got everyone. that <laughs> You know, that, that's kind of better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like, I mean, you know, man, I had a guy trip this year, too, with a guy who uh, went, I had him luckily for multiple days, but on the first day, he went 0 for 12. Yeah, I mean, 12 eats for no fish landed. And, you know, that's just like, and it was purely, I, I mean, who knows, but I mean, we kind of figured out that he was just really just too fast on his On his set, you know, I mean, so we really, the next day, it's like just let him freaking eat it and then, you know, count to three and then all of a sudden he started hooking, you know, started actually getting them. But, but yeah, you know, 0 0 for 12 is pretty depressing.
3: (laughs) A lot of fish in a day. What's that? That's a lot of fish in a day too. Yeah, that's
5: a lot. No, that was a great, I said to him, I'm like, man, if we, that would have been, and, and several of them were big, you know, bigger, you know, I mean, and so it's like, yeah, that would have been probably one for the books, you know, if we could have connected on him, but um, he ended up, ha- you know, he ended up catching, catching muskies and it was super fun, but, but, uh, you know, you really do, you know, get to realize like, what a good hook, like what a really good hook set gets a guy like, you know, a guy that's really got a good one, you know, makes such a big difference in in how many fish they put in the boat. And, at, and I noticed for me that it would probably be better for me not to see. Like, you know, seeing that eat and that flash, like, I I also, when I'm fishing, will be a little too fast if I, like, you know, I, I almost always hook up better when I just don't see the eat, you know. Just feel it and then blast them instead of, you know, seeing it and then ripping it out of their mouth before they before
0: they've hand got out it. hand out really dark glasses for your guest.
5: Yeah, right. There I mean, yeah, you go, that's bud. Exactly well, I can't really see. Good, it's
0: okay. We got to you know, wear them.
5: And sometimes I think that's why, like late season, when we're fishing deep, like kind of deep and slow, like it seems like our hookup rate's better. And I think that's because you just can't. You don't see it. You just feel it. Yeah. So
1: speaking of uh, seeing the fish and your perspective as a guide, how have you changed in the years that you've been doing it as a guide um, when a fish eats it as uh, your reaction to it? I'm sure. Yeah, uh,
5: I used to. You, well, I, I used, used to freak this out. Is actually, go ties into exactly what we were just saying. I used to always, the second I'd see him eat, I'd be like, you know, set, set. And now I really have learned to just shut up. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just sort of, cause I'll, you know, I'll see it. A lot of times I'll see it before they will, you know, like I'll see that fish coming out and wrapping on it, you know, or like even worse, like if they're figure eight, you know, if they've got a figure eight gone and you'll see the gill flare, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so you'll know, and it's like, and you know, and there's a classic case where it's like the best thing you can do is just let them eat it and then just strip. You know, like the, the, the thing to say isn't said, it's just say strip, you know, like just tell them to just do one more, you know, even if it's on a figure eight, you know, if they just strip it, then instead of like, try to do something with their rod tip, they're probably going to have a better, like, you know, you're probably going to hook up more. Um, Yeah. You know, Cause anytime you try to use your rod tip to hook a muskie, it's it just, you know doesn't work that great you know i mean you just you just can't put any pressure on the hook point so it seems like you know me learning to just like to see that fish and just shut up and sort of count to three and then yeah get him to set i remember one had two clients and they were they're they were fishing this kind of weird thing it was really windy so flies were kind of flying everywhere and they had crossed lines and as their flies were coming back like literally, right as the two flies crossed each other, this muskie just came blasting out and ate, and sort of ate. And I just assumed they saw it, and then I kind of waited for a second. Also, I'm like, well, one of you, one of you just got eaten. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> and they the both hook. set the hook, and one guy's like, "Oh no, that's me." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it's like that's the best because I literally like I waited like. Five, you know, that no, wasn't that long. It was probably like three seconds, but it was enough time. You know, it's like I just couldn't believe it. Like, well, how could both of you not have just seen that? And then I was like, well, you know, one of you got, one of you has one. We got like, oh no, that's me. I got one. And it's like, yeah,
1: nice. I thought you were gonna say they both trial set. <laughs> yeah, I know
5: <laughs> they, You know, what? they probably did. Quite honestly, and the, I mean, I the still sort of. I mean, I think that kind of free freaked him out that was like i that was a day i I had some guys that were were they were just somewhat new to to they'd done a fair amount of trout fishing but the wind was blowing like guys just howling you know just howling wind where you're just like man if we can you know i just was not feeling particularly um confident and then that, yeah, and both of the muskies that we got, like they had no idea that they had them until they kind of set the hook, you know. And and I, and I think, like I said, I think that goes to what we're talking about, that we could all probably slow down a little bit and just really take the time to grab a bunch of line and really do a good hard strip set. And it's not about being fast. It's just about sort of... Giving that beat and then really driving that hook in it seems like that's where it's at. Easier said than done. Yeah.
1: Oh, it is, and I'm I'm sure you see it every day. And what yeah. what's the best way to teach someone to to try to do that?
5: You know, it's really hard. I mean, that's a really great question. Um, in part because I also, you know, I mean, I've I've caught a lot of muskies, but I miss my fair share and and um and it's and and it's it's that every single time. I mean, I don't really tend to. I think I've I've kind of eliminated trout setting from my world after a lot a lot of years, you know. But but just uh just taking the time to reach forward, grab a full, you know, because what happens so often is they eat right at the your 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 you know, your stripping hand is way at the end of the strip. So you got nowhere to go. Like the eat, you don't have, you know, you, you can't pull back any further cause your hands are kind of already back there. And like, that's a thing where it's like, if you could just tell someone, Hey, take the time, reach up, grab a whole handful and, you know, get a whole nother pile of line and then rip them that that would be, way you know that that really is good but i mean how, how do you do that when you see a great big you know you see a big fish just you've been fishing all day and all of a sudden this thing just appears out of nowhere and yeah you know, it, it, it's i mean how do you teach it i think it, that's just years of doing it i think is, is the way Yeah, you
1: know yeah it, it's hard man That shoot it still
5: happens to the best of us Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, I do think, though, like, so that's why I think I've talked about this maybe with you guys before, but that's where, like, if you fish with, like, you know, I know you guys did a show with Russell Peterson. mm -hmm. Russell probably has the best hook set of people I've fished with. And one of the reasons, I think, is he really wasn't ever a trout angler, you know? I mean, like, he just never developed that habit of using the rod tip to set the hook. And so, I mean, he just... I, I, You know, he's, like, the, the one person I c- you can count on to just sort of watch him take his time. And then when he sets, he just jacks him, you know. Like, I've literally seen him take, like, 30-inch muskies cartwheel out of the water. When he, <laughs> you know, like, rip him out of the water, like, when he sets his, you know. So, it's, I mean, that hook's, it's, it's either going to go into their mouth or he's ripping it all the way out. Through. But it's, you know. He doesn't half-ass his hook sets at all.
1: So, have you ever taken Russell Moon Eye fishing? <laughs>
5: yeah, we've fished for Moon Eyes before.
1: Does, yeah, does he strip set when he's throwing a size fourteen caddis? Yeah,
5: yeah, <laughs> we have. You know, and I mean, it's fun. You know, man. One of the things I love about like Russell is a classic example of a dude. So, once we're on this river and we started really and 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 he embraced this a lot, like just this realization, like you know. On this river where I live, there's 125 species of fish, you know. A certain amount of those are like, you know, shiners and shit like that. Barters and, yeah. But there's like, good Lord, the total number of fish that, you know, we have big mouth buffalo, small mouth buffalo, freshwater drum, uh, quillbacks, you know. I don't know how many species of suckers, you know, uh crappies. White... And then when you realize that, like, what you, you know, why not try to catch all of them, you know, like, why not really get embrace? And that kind of makes me think of something that, like, it's funny, because, you know, we're all on that Facebook musky page, which I came back to, and there was a thing on there the other day, it was something about, like, streamer fishermen versus dry fly fishermen, you know, like, and I was like, man, why, like, why would... And a lot of times that's coming from people that are like in their twenties or something, you know, and it's like, man, you're, you're relatively new to this game and you, why would you already like pick, pick a side, you know, like why not do it all, you know, like fish for every species of fish you can fish for and try everything you can possibly do. You know, it sort of goes back to like, why I'm so excited to go saltwater fishing. Like it's just so like, it's so fun to sort of try to figure out how to catch like everything that swims. I mean, to me, and you know, and, and so, you know, like, yeah, fishing for moon eyes, fishing for like, I love fishing for suckers, like love it. Like, you know, and uh, I mean, just, you know, for me that is what like is super fun about fly fishing. This is, is figuring out how to do it with all different kinds of stuff and and is super the same way i mean he just gets really into it um yeah he's got one of those uh reddington geckos like a little kid's rod yeah yeah he got one of those i mean i don't know how or why but you'll always see him and he's like oh yeah this is my you know this is like my Moon eye and Quillback rod, you know. And he's got that goofy, <laughs> like lime green <laughs> deco rod. And he's out. They, know, they quit selling all that, thing. that Stuff. Yeah. You
1: know? They quit selling that thing. It's a damn shame. Did they? Yeah. Yeah.
5: I have one for my my stepson, and it's super. It's a super cool little rod, you know.
1: Yeah, I want to get one for my boy, and they quit selling yeah.
5: yeah, it's too bad. It's a neat little. It. It. You know. I mean, it just had a little smaller handle on it, so I was like, my 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 wife who has really small hands. Like that's kind of perfect too, you know, for, for her, for I mean, her, more so than
1: for her to not fish you know. with.
5: Yeah. I mean, there's a really, you know, that I, 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 I don't know. Cause I don't market fly rods, but I notice like sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll get someone's like, uh, especially if it's like a homemade rod and they'll, you know, where they, where they turned their own handle. So then they'll have like a really, every now and again, I encounter like a really big handle and, and I've got pretty big hands. Um, and that just feels so awkward and weird to try to cast, and so I must—I'd imagine like for a lot of women that would be, like a lot of fly rods that are made for like men's, you know, for like six foot one men's hands must feel like just too big, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I I like a small, thinner grip.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the same. I you know, and. And that even like you know, and even like a lot of like you know, full wells, you know, grips for musky rods. I think if if you're not used to them, that full wells grip feels kind of weird at first. Like I, you know, for people that come from trout angling or something like that, like you know, it really it does. It, you know, having like the grip size is kind of a whole world that'd be interesting to really, you know, really. um get into because it seems like every now and again i have a rod where i'll cast it and it's the grip i just can't get happy with it at all you know
1: or you have a rod that you cast and the grip is the only thing good about the rod
5: oh yeah yeah no question
1: i have a burgundy rod like a highly marketed musky rod it's burgundy and the grip is the only thing i like on it
5: Yeah. yeah yeah man that's just really interesting, isn't it? Like how many, I really find that I'm kind of weird. I mean, maybe I got spoiled with like Tom's rods and stuff, but how often I'll cast like some other brand of musky rod. And I don't, I don't even know which brands I'm talking about right now. Just other than, I'll have clients yeah. that'll just other have brands. their own. Yeah, They'll have their own rods and they'll kind of be there. And how often they just feel really, like how many rods feel super tip heavy to me? Like that, just like they just feel like, you know, like a a thing I don't want to throw all day long. They, you know, the swing weight just feels weird. And then I realize, like, oh, because I'm used to throwing these rods that just are such a dream in that regard. You know? Yeah. Um, so.
1: See, I have I haven't thrown one of his uh. His musky rods. I have an eight weight, and that is a dream. I love thing that thing.
5: Is it? Do you have a one? Is it one of the one piece ones? No, it's a four piece. Yeah, and that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you should like to me that the the like the rod of his that I just go bonkers for is that one piece ten. It just is. You know, Josh really likes a twelve, and I was kind of saying like, Josh, you know, if you around him he got the name bam bam for a reason reason. he really you know he just really punches when he casts and stuff and i i kind of maybe have a little little less forceful casting stroke and that that ten weight is just such a nice rod i mean it just feels so good i mean instantly when i cast i was like oh this this is a whole you know this feels great you know and uh, I haven't cast any of the four-piece ones. I don't know. Um, I don't know if the, how much the how much of a difference the ferals make. I, I just I just haven't actually played around with them yet. I, you know, that's that's a relatively new thing. And but I have cast that eight-weight one-piece, and I loved it. It was great. Like it felt like you could throw a ten-weight line on that all day. You know,
1: I was throwing a ten-weight line when I originally got it with it. And it, oh, it was a smoke show, man.
5: Yeah. 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 Tom is, I mean, good Lord too. You know, when people talk about buying, I mean, I, this is not an ad for Tom, but I mean, I, I know you have a lot of, of people that listen to this, but really seriously, like I had um some just, you know, my rods get fished really, really hard. So I kind of had some warranty work that I had to get done on one of them. And I, you know, and I, obviously I have this easy deal where he only lives, you know, 45 miles away, so I can just drive up there and drop him off, but, I mean, you know, done. I mean, I had it up there, and I think it was, like, you know, I think the other night when we were doing our tying thing online, he was finished. you know, and it's like, I mean, what other manufacturer, and I guarantee it'd be the same way if you shipped it to him, that it would be done in, you know, four days and be back on, back your way four days later. I mean, he just... You know, people are so like, well, what about the warranty? It's like, man, good. that guy's going to be better than any other company you ever deal with. Yeah. So, yeah, if he you ever have a problem with that rod. you'll
0: He don't got to go ask the boss. He I,
5: really <laughs> remarkable.
1: I, I hate to say it. I did have a problem with it between cast one and 30. Yeah. You know, I, I text him right away. He said, I have another blank here. I'll make it right away. And uh, I had another one, I think seven days
5: yeah i mean and you know and that's just like seriously like what would that have, i mean what other what major man and i and i'm not trying to rip on big companies they actually most of them are great with their warranties it's just they're not gonna you're yeah. not gonna have that kind of you can't
1: text orvis you know no, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah there's you no can't turn text around orvis and tomorrow actually talk
5: to the dude who's gonna do your rod and have it show up like it happened be like yeah here we are you know I mean, they have a process, and if you follow it, they're going to honor their warranty. They're good, you know. I mean, and I
1: was just using Orvis as an example.
5: Yeah, because right. They're, exactly. They're I mean, I, I mean, mm. you know, all those companies are going to—they're going to probably do right by you. It's just—it um, just isn't going to be that streamlined <laughs> of, a, of a situation where you know you just get one. And and I, you know, I mean, I just know—I've gotten to know Tom, and I, I mean, he just takes this enormous sense of sort of pride and responsibility about Jay, Jay. his stuff. And so, you know, that's the, the, there's a reason why those rods have the reputation they have, you know, and they've sort of developed with people. It's, it's super fun to see because it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, man, for sure. So, Hey, Stephen, we've had you on the phone for like an hour and 20 minutes yeah. or so. Um, Hey, I, I want to ask you something. You've gotten yeah. back into writing? Um, yeah, yeah. So where can people find your uh, your new blog at, your new writing?
5: Yeah, well, so my new blog, I mean, obviously I've done some writing. Like, you know, I don't know if you saw the piece I did for the Drake. Yeah. Recently, I mean, you know, and I've done a number of things. So like that, I, I do some stuff that ends up in place like that. But I've decided to put it all now on the, on the Eau Claire Anglers blog just on our website. So, you know www.oclaireanglers.com.
1: So when they um, go to book a guide trip, they can read some writing. Yeah, stuff.
5: that's kind of the idea, you know. I like, you know, I mean, I started this other blog that sort of ran into some very weird and <laughs> headaches around a particular fly pattern and what have you, and, and it just kind of like <laughs> became a thing. I, I didn't feel like, uh, like, like it just wasn't worth um, battling over. And then I just decided, you know, like, what am I doing? I'll just put it on my, I mean, I already have a website. I'll just put it on there. And I mean, and, and you know, we're, we're going to slowly, I'm going to try to, to really sort of build that up. I mean, I've done a few kind of, I mean, write ups about equipment and stuff, but you know, I mean, some of the stuff that I love writing, like, you know, I don't know if you remember, but I would written a whole piece about like, um, all the things you can wipe your ass with when you don't have any toilet paper, and I raided them off And through experience, um, and like that kind of stuff, just is sort of fun.
1: So what? Try what's stuff. low on the list? I don't remember that we talked oh, about man. this earlier. Oh man, yeah, you
5: do not, you do not want to use dry leaves. Mm-mm. This is a definite uh, bad option. The worst option nice. you could possibly get, and I speak from total experience. One time I was down on fishing on the Mississippi River, kind of in fall, and I used, uh, there was all this grass growing, and so I just figured, like, grabbed a big handful of this grass, but it was literally, uh, you know, sawgrass, oh, it no. turns out. Oh, no. And, yeah, and I ended up Saw with, like, 7,000 micro, microcons. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that was bad. And like, so the the joke of it all, well, number one is going to be, uh, you know, if you got some, you got some packy, like good for making snowball style snow, you're golden at that point. Um, But really don't underestimate your dry river rock, like your smooth, your smooth river rock. Has tremendous
2: potential. And then you
5: always Way have... Less, you know, a
0: lot less spiny than the Sawgrass, eh?
2: You're, you're not a sock loser, apparently.
5: Oh, no. Well, a sock, you can... I, I wrote... I, I addressed that. Like, the sock is always an option. It's just, you know, <laughs> you know... You know what? How much do you want to spend the rest of the day with... Without a sock is sort of a thing you're gonna have to. Uh, less have than a nifty asshole
2: to me, I mean, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, know, you, you weigh your odds, I guess. You know what I think yeah, makes. But, way- <laughs> yeah, I mean, you
5: know, yeah, you just kind of have to decide, like, like what you're willing to pay at that point. <laughs> Time but of the uh, year dependent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was anyway. The whole thing was kind of the, the joke of of that, and I don't know. I mean, those kind of, I just it. I enjoy it. It's fun. You know, I mean, and it's interesting. I mean, and you know, like, I mean, I get paid like when I write for the Drake and things like that, but you know, you're never gonna, uh, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pay the bills off of that. So it's something like my, I've kind of, part of me thinks, you know, I'll put it on my blog and, and if, if, if people want to read it, then it's there. And if, you know, hopefully they, people get a laugh or learn something. Um, you know, and, and the danger is sometimes like when I write about like like some of the stuff like like musky fishing rods and gear is you know is coming off as a know-it-all and I really you know that's like not I think the case I hope you know like I I always look at that like well this is the stuff I use I, you know I'm sure there's other ways and probably a bunch of them are better but but this has kind of been my...
1: It's what you do and what you know.
5: Yeah, it's and been, been my experience and it works. And if you do it, it's probably a place where you can start, you know, and 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 then develop your own repertoire from there. So, um, I, I
1: don't want to bring up the other blog where you lost, or uh, they got lost, <laughs> but did you
5: throw away all those trout flies? No, you know what, then, the joke and the saddest part about that, and you know what, the whole thing is, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously people who are listening are either going to know what you're talking about or not, but, um, no, it's one of my favorite flies of all time. And actually the guy who invented it was a guy that I've met and who's a legend in these, these parts. And, you know, by naming my blog after this fly, it was, you know, it's, it's a fly that sort of, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to put it. It's like, uh, it's a fly that works so freaking well that you, in, on, like, Wisconsin driftless area trout streams that a little bit of it's like, you know, it. oh, you caught fish using, you know, using that fly. Well...
1: It's also Jay's favorite brook trout fly. <laughs> Damn right yeah, it is, because you <laughs> said it was.
2: You <laughs> said, this de- shit works. Deadly. I said, well, that shit probably gonna work. <laughs>
5: yeah. No, well, it's, it's totally, totally deadly. What? What's and the other
2: one? A rainbow warrior. I, I
5: ended up getting it. You know, the guy that got mad at me was was his son, and and I honestly, I think he was just trying to look out for his dad, and maybe didn't didn't handle it, and the you know, like I, I didn't quite understand what I was doing, and so you know, we, I, I we talked to each other, and and I just said, you know man, I'm just not, it's not worth it. And, you know, and I certainly didn't mean any disrespect to your, in fact, the opposite, you know, it's like one of my favorite flies and, you know, that was kind of where it came from. And It's been around for so, so, so many years that it just never really, you know, it's such an ubiquitous fly around here that it just never crossed my mind that you know, that people would still sort of feel oh. proprietary about it at all. But, you know, anyway, e- it was easier to just...
1: Yeah, just to abandon it, jump
5: ship. Just to walk away. You know, yeah, that was, that was not a fight I was interested in. No, nah. there's in, way in, more in important getting,
1: things to fight about. Like, what's your favorite 12-weight? Yeah,
5: yeah. Right, well, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, I'm just not going to... I Yeah, I don't want to be known as the guy that, you know, did that. So I just walked away. And, and yeah, it was, it was, it's great, but yeah, now it, I'm, it's on it's all the stuff's on my, on my current website for, for our, you know, for, for Josh and, and Max and I. So, and, and, uh, you know, by all means check it out. I mean, we're, it'll be a little while before there's a real body of work there, but, but I'm going to try to do, you know, a couple entries a week. I won't be like, uh, you know, like, Ginking gasoline or something, trying to do one every day. I just don't have that in me. But.
1: no, you're just a one-man crew. Yeah, yeah,
5: right, exactly. I'm always amazed, man. Like Lewis K, like the fact that he can just do one of the like how many of those he's done. You know, it's just like good lord, that's a lot of writing. It, it I, is,
1: and they're all quality pieces.
5: Oh no, they're great. I love that side. I mean, I think if I were, uh, especially if you are relatively new to the game of fly fishing, like that's a really, really informative informative side for me. Cause he does a lot of saltwater stuff on there where all of a sudden I am new to it. Like he does a lot of things on bonefish and, and permit and, and setups and all this, like all of a sudden lately, I've really been reading like gink and gasoline. Cause it's, uh, you know, he, I don't know anything about that and he does and he writes really well. And I, I, that's, you know, that's the kind of resource I guess I'd like to be too, for people, you know, especially like with muskies where I think there's so much, if you're new to muskie fishing with fly rods, it's just so much confusion. And then you go and you ask and everybody has 70, everybody has their own way of doing things. And it's just, it's just really, it would be really hard to just walk into it. I think.
1: Yeah. If you're new, the only real place to go is the muskie fly page on Facebook and yeah. And everybody has their own opinion and it's all different, you know? Yeah.
5: And and, you know, and that's such a great – I mean, it's the only reason I kind of came back to social media was that because I just love the vibe there. You know, I mean, it, in general, you know, even like now, even with like the water load and stuff, it's like it's always a smile. I mean, you know, nobody uh, – you know, I mean, you just don't see the level of sort of people calling each other names. And, I mean, it's, it's an incredibly helpful site, I think, for most people, like sort of positive – ask a question you're going to get a whole bunch of really you know people who are really trying to help like it's a great resource but you're right i mean good lord it's still you know it's not like like with trout fishing let's face it like mostly if you're gonna go dry fly fishing well there's kind of one you know this is a leader everybody's been people have really got it kind of figured out
1: yeah you're getting Um, nine and a half foot four four x leader. yeah. yeah there you go yeah
5: Right. Exactly. And so it's just sort of like with muskies, it's sort of, you know, everybody, some people want to swivel, some people don't, some people, yeah. And it's just like, I I think it would, it would get, and my whole thing is frequently like, you know, it really doesn't matter. Like as long as you, as long as your setup has these ingredients in it, you're probably fine. Yeah. And then you can kind of play around with it after that. But, um, yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm, you know, it, I think it's it's, it's it's a hard world to just walk into without yeah. without any sort of guidance, you know, or, or to have not come, sort of been doing some form of fly fishing long enough that you feel like you kind of understand the the, the basics of what you're trying to do, you know, even if you switch to a new species.
1: Being a guy, do you get many people coming up that have never fly fished and want to try yeah. to catch a muskie?
5: yeah yeah we do and in fact what you know we've I, funny I, I yeah we've had like josh and i had a trip this summer with like a, a family they'd booked so they needed a couple of guides and and they'd sort of said like oh we've we've done you know we've done a fair amount of musky fishing and then we met them and it turned out like what they met was like the 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 dad back when they were younger had done some like a fair amount of conventional gear musky fishing but no one had ever cast a fly rod before oh. you know now you're heading out to musky fishing. and it's kind of like good lord and that's where quite honestly like water loading will save your day as a guide like i mean what are you going to do with those you know you're not going to give somebody an effective double haul you know in, on their, in an hour on their first of casting day. instruction yeah. at a boat landing i mean you're just not going to so it's like well you know, yeah, we're... let me let me teach you how to water, how to water because then we can go fish for the day. You, yeah, you
1: can have your flies be in effective areas. All day. Yeah,
5: right. You know, and that's like where that's a really, you know, that that is a day saver in situations like that. You know, and then you kind of want to say to people, you know, I mean, if you really love this and you decide you really like it, you know, then, you know, you should, and I always say to people, you know, you should really consider like getting into fishing for bluegills with a fly rod and then learn how to use a fly rod, you know, and then we'll, you know, switch and, and, and fish for muskies. And, you know, and, and honestly, like with those kind of questions, like water loading or not, I mean, who cares? I mean, it just doesn't matter, but, but, you know, it's going to be nicer if you are comfortable with a fly rod in your hand, whatever way you decide to cast.
1: Really though, how do you go back to bluegills after you go musky fishing for a day?
5: Yeah, I know it's hard. <laughs> I think, although I don't know, man. I love, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't know. I can do those jumps and really be happy. Like,
1: oh yeah, we can. Yeah. I, I bluegill fish probably four times a week when it's warm out. You know. Yeah.
5: I mean, I, it's just to me, it's like you know. It. I just love casting fly rods like I love the way it feels you know and and so it's like you know are we fishing I it, I don't really care what what I'm fishing for mm-hmm. and in, and in fact I really like it's funny cuz in the summertime like I really want to fish for smallmouth bass in the mm-hmm. summertime around here mm-hmm. more than like if I get to go fishing like I want to go fish for smallmouth and some of it's that I just love casting like an 8 weight rod with like a sort of appropriate size fly on it just feels so nice to, to cast that rod, you know, and, and, and muskie rods a little bit, don't quite have that, that feel to them. Um, (laughs) No. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I mean, yeah, I know. And then, you know, it's like, let's face it, if it's July here and it's a hundred degrees out, you know, you you should go smallmouth fishing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's muskies and they live in the rivers and they're there, but, um, yeah, I mean for me I'm kind of like I'll, I'll I'll see you in September. Yeah. It's like meanwhile I'm going to go fish for your little buddies here who are super eager and you know it's kind of prime time for those. And and I get to like kind of really like I get to cast my nice I have some really nice sage eight weights that are just a ball to to, to cast and so they just feel so nice and so, you know, it, it's – I just like the stroke of, of a fly rod, like what it feels like to, to cast one. It's just such a pleasure, I think.
2: I love seven seven weights and smallmouths. It's my favorite thing in the world. I think I think these guys all oblige, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's yes, just sir. it.
5: You know, like that's like – in my mind, that's almost like the perfect – like a seven or – you know, seven, eight-weight rod – with a right line, like that's almost like the pr- most magical fly rod. Like it just feels like, you know, like, like you're just casting like the, the, this it really has that feel. If there's wind, it doesn't matter because it kind of can punch on it. And it's just, it's such a nice feeling rod, like that size rod to me is sort of like my favorite thing to do. And so small you know, it's funny, how you know, People always ask me, and you know, and it's. I just had this conversation with Bowen the, the other day. I, I drove up to Bowen's Muskie Lounge up in Tony, Wisconsin, which was super fun. And we just kind of hang, just kind of hung around and talked, and and it's funny because I think both of us, and he, I, I, I think he'd agree if you were on. You know, and he's obviously developed a real reputation as a musky guy, but I was like, you know, we were talking about, like, how much we love fishing for smallmouth bass. <laughs> like, just love it, you know? They're the best. They're the bee's knees, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, if you had a day, if you know, don't get me wrong, if I could go musky fishing, and if you're talking about, oh, I went musky fishing and I caught a great big musky, it's like, that's obviously a magical experience that, is sort of above and beyond you know most things but but man a day and like a a hot summer day where you're sort of wearing you know wearing a pair of crocs in the boat and jumping in you got your wet legs and you don't you know flip-flops and and 18
1: hams later Smallmouth yeah, are right. the best and days.
5: Catching, <laughs> catching, every time you you make a a good cast, you get a prize. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know? Like that's just such a wonderful feeling. Like, oh, watch this, boom, there it is, got him. Oop, watch yeah. this, boom, there it is. You know, like that, and that's just such a cool,
3: just like pure joy all day.
5: It it is all day long, and I just I I love fishing for smallmouth bass. I love guiding smallmouth bass. And you know, and obviously, I mean, muskies are. All of us understand it. We're all in the, the 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 musky religion, but but man, I just don't like if it's if it's an August day. I'm just gonna go. I'm going smally fishing, yeah. And then you know, there'll be plenty of time. I mean, we have September, October, November, and this year almost all of December. So it's almost four months. Of musky fishing in the fall, you know, like, so in the summertime, I'm going to go smallmouth fish. Oh,
1: if it's a May day, I'm going smallmouth fishing.
5: (laughs) Oh, in may for sure. Good Lord. May is like. Oh,
1: yeah. If there were five Mays in a September. Oh, yeah. I'd be, I'd be happy man.
5: Yeah. May here is just such a, it can be, good Lord. You know, and it's our hard month for smallmouth, like the hardest month is June. Like. It's funny because that's when I have a. This year it was kind of nice because of COVID, people didn't like people kind of book a certain level out, and so because of COVID, the way people were kind of a, didn't know what they were going to do, they didn't really book a lot of trips in June and then in July and August where I was just buried. Um, but June for us, I don't know how it is for you guys, but our June Smallies get. They can get really bitchy after the, like, I mean, they kind of have a real post-spawn bitchy period sometime that can occasionally make you feel, it can be humbling a little bit sometimes.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely noticed that a like this in, year.
3: In
5: May, or that's what ours yeah.
2: is. Or yeah. it's like a month before yours. Because I, I fished our smallmouth pretty hard through this year, and we had a, like a two week lull where it was yeah it was tough and then went back to okay no okay or we're going to see fish yeah again.
5: yeah that's what ours kind of get like and so May is great and then they probably start actually are on the beds right around the last week of May on most years you know like like that's kind of when they'd be on the beds and then yeah we kind of get depending. We can get like a two to almost three week period where I mean, you'll still catch fish, but it's just they're just not,
2: not like they're the just not ones. like they
5: like you want them to be. And then once they get over that, it's game on until like probably September fifteenth, you know.
1: Till you start musky fishing.
5: Yeah, right. And then you start mar- m- musky fishing, you know yeah and that's the way and like i said like we were asked earlier about muskies on smallmouth trips like we they show up like we catch quite a few um just small fishing, where it's like oh hey there's one you know that's cool there's a muskie yeah like and 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 lots of pike you know like also so i mean so they show up i just in a way i'm almost like you know like russell it's Brittany has it dialed, man. She just fishes all the time with a fly that's a little too big for smallmouth and a little too small for sm- for muskies, and she just <laughs> slays, like both. Everything. You know, like in a way, it's 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 kind of a really brilliant strategy, you know.
1: And you haven't taken that page out of her book.
5: I should maybe more. You know, that's not, it's like like I know like Wendy and Larry up at um up at Hayward fly fishing, those, those guys, like, I think that's kind of their, their real strategy. And, and I mean, you know, they catch a lot of both fish (laughs) and, you know, so it's, it's, I think like a little bit, you can be Mm -hmm. like, if you're really going to target smallmouth, there's maybe, there's maybe better ways to be more like, you know, where you can kind of be a little bit more targeted than that. But, but I don't know, there's something to be said for just kind of fishing for both species and, you know, maybe not putting in the numbers of smallies that maybe you could, but catching maybe, you know, the occasional more muskies, you know, that, 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 that wouldn't be the worst, the worst idea. So
1: you said you run into pike up, up there as well, right?
5: Lots of them. Yeah. So do you get, yeah, every, depending on the river, lots of pike.
1: Do you ever get any natural tigers?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty regularly. I mean, that, I shouldn't say it like, like, uh, for me guiding, maybe like, like three a year, something like that, but they're all natural. I mean, we don't, there isn't any stock tigers on any of this water I fish at all. So they're all, you know, if we get a tiger, it's, it's just a natural hybrid.
1: That's cool. Those are such beautiful fish.
5: They're the best. They're, they're super cool. I mean, and and I just think they're they're in in a whole lot of ways. That's probably like for me, that's a really special you know trophy to get one of those. Really cool. But yeah, I mean, we don't see like I don't know. Like the Eau Claire River seems like you'll see. That's a river that I've caught a fair number of of tigers in. So there must be some. Amount of, you know, and it's weird because like, I know here on the lower chip, our, our muskies are spawning. They're going to be spawning in, in a month, you know, a month from now and they'll be doing it under the ice if they have to. I mean, you know, it, they're, they're at it way earlier than people think they are. And that's, and then the muskies you'll see them in May, you know, all paired up. So it's like, it, it seems kind of crazy that there would be a crossover, but there obviously is Interesting. that's
1: pretty cool yeah so hey steven is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to
5: you know i don't think so i mean tonight i i just uh you know i i um i just love doing this i love your i, I love the podcast and and uh you know it's just super fun to to and it's kind of been fun to get to know to know you guys i feel like this uh i've always said that there's a a real Pennsylvania, Wisconsin connection. Like when I'm in Pennsylvania, it always, I kind of, especially Western Pennsylvania, I feel a little bit like I'm Are in Wisconsin just-, just from the landscape and the weather and stuff. And so it's just really been fun to sort of realize that that wasn't the, there, there was more to it, more to that than,
1: than just the landscape.
5: Yeah. Than just the landscape. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Just, yeah, so so such a pleasure. Thanks, guys.
1: No, it's been fun for us. It's been great, and uh, always fun having you on. Let's yeah, look, we're gonna do this again. All <laughs> right, and, and I always yeah, love talking yeah. to you, man. Hey, you yeah, get that fly strong and... po- podcast back? I love that All shit. Right. That that yeah, was like we'll my it. Thursday jam. We'll
5: do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it, man.
1: I'm holding you to it, Stephen. All right. Hey, where can someone go book a trip, man?
5: Oh, just uh, you know, Eau Claire Anglers dot com um, and just send us an email and really I I, I can't stress it enough like it, you know like I get a lot of people wanting to fish for me with me but but man I just think people would if, if you've never had a, the opportunity of fishing with, with Josh Melter you know I highly obviously Max in the fall is is, is a musky guru but I just highly highly recommend people it, like to, to fish with somebody who is if you want to talk about like being in a boat with just pure positivity, that's a day with Josh, you know, it's just, just sort of this joy about the whole thing. And, and, you know, so, so yeah, book a trip with us. I I, I think people would in, would enjoy it.
3: All
1: righty, man. Well, Hey, thank you so much. Today has been a ball as hey, normal
5: back at you.
0: Yes.
1: Breaking news, breaking news. I pooped my pants this week, and tonight's show has been brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Yeti, built for the wild.
0: Eric Sooks, EricSooks.com. Sims, simsfishing.com.
1: Hey, tonight's show has been recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios.
3: Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. Why not fishing? Check out their app Hey,
2: Queen City Guiding, Ryan Evans. Sorry I didn't get to see you, but cleancityguiding.com. Hey, two quick shout-outs, pogopike.com and
1: eauclaireanglers.com.